0: JD power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com
1: Hello, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon as we have been for the last five in one week's time today. We'll have been podcasting for ten years exactly.
2: And, and so one week today that will start our 11th year
1: Correct Wow Correct Our 11th year will start with a podcast about England And however they get on against Argentina Well I'm not uh, sure about
3: that Because uh, we need to talk about some other rugby And uh, that's, that's, all, that's what I intend to say as a podcast
1: <laughs> Well obviously we are just days away from a Rugby World Cup right now So that will definitely feature at some point on the podcast Despite JB's attempts to
3: well, look, take three, us down the leagues there is, there is three of us on this podcast If it goes for an hour I would suggest that we put 20 minutes into local rugby, because that's fair. Well, uh, okay. 40 minutes for you boys, 20 minutes for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if we do
1: that, if we aggregate over the 10 years, the percentage of... Uh...
3: And five, okay, and five minutes of Steve Diamond. Yes, right, at least fine. five minutes of Steve I, Diamond. And two
1: minutes of Sam Burgess.
3: Exactly. <laughs> oh.
2: And everything leads back to Lancaster as well.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: always always right Uh, wherever you get your podcast hit subscribe thank you very much for listening go to patreon.com slash egg chasers for more content and to help keep the lights on really appreciate your support there and uh, yeah Um, that's Phil hello Tim and that's uh, a barefoot JB hello Tim OnlyFans ready indeed How, how is that OnlyFans channel going
3: not as lucrative as your YouTube, unfortunately. I mean, I, I am trying. I am trying, but it's just not going well. well. Actually, whilst you're on it, you did all of your power rankings this week, so maybe we could hear a bit about them when you go through the teams. Mm. Yeah,
1: I could do with a little bit of help on a couple of those. There's a couple of positions are really hard to... Which ones did you struggle with? Outside centre.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Who
1: would you have number one outside centre? Ro-
2: Gail Feku. Just
0: uh, it comes because to mind. You got Ringrose, ro- ring um, uh, well, I'm not in the World Cup I quantity. know, but I'm
1: still Rico Rico Yuani Fic- yeah, fiku. But it does make you realise just in that that that, that, that is you talk about it a lot, Phil. That one of the most difficult positions, if not mm. the most difficult position on the park to to play, and that when it, it's, it's it was a real struggle. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Rico, I do really like Rico Yuani. I think it took a f- few years to settle down in the 13 jersey. Um, He obviously plays there for the Blues as well. But he's now made that his own, and the the centre partnership of him and Barrett... Maybe a better question is,
3: who's going to be the best 13 after the World Cup? Mm. Who's going to light it up? Because, you know, Caden Moody seems to have a few things to say about 13 jerseys. Could
1: he get a starting job? I'll tell you what, so let's go through pool by pool. It seems the most logical way to do this. You mean the classic Brian Moore um, approach? yeah, like Brian Moore did on The Telegraph. Yeah. uh, Except, should we try and put some flesh on the bones? Well... I try and avoid uh, tired cliches like we don't
3: know we don't know what what French team's going to turn yeah I mean maybe we open (laughs) up with the tired cliché and then you know (laughs) then we expand okay okay pool pool by pool then
2: pool A New Zealand France Italy Uruguay Namibia now Um,
1: the the lopsided (laughs) draw has been talked about many many times so we don't need to labour the point but you just feel a bit sorry for Italy in that context don't you I really do um, Because I, th- I
2: think this is the best Italy team we've seen f- For a long time um, Certainly for 10 years Yep. And, and probably longer They've got some really good quality operators Guys like Lamaro, Guys like Garbisi um, Guys like the uh, rugby, rugby pixie Capuolso yeah, yeah. like Solid centre Negri. um, Negri's absolutely enormous And hard as nails Monti Iwani JB's
1: boy Lorenzo Canoni yeah. The number eight's really good Dan- Danilo Fischetti's A really good loser well, Here's prop. The thing
3: right um, I, So I have a little bit Of an issue with this We were speaking about it Upstairs But I think the World Cup is I mean it depends How you how, how look at it If you are looking at the World Cup Kind of from the loser Point of view Which is let's just go As far as we can And hope for the best Well yeah you want The best side of the draw Don't you Because you want to say Yeah we made the semi-finals Quarter-finals That's not really What the World Cup's about World Cup is about winning it. So if you go to a World Cup, yeah, it's great. Namibia's never really going to win a World Cup. But that should be everyone's aspiration. And if you don't win it, everything else is a waste of time. So I do agree with that.
2: Although in the context of us talking about Italy, I think they are in they are kind of in the loser mindset. Well, uh, yeah, they, I think. They, well, but, but, but,
1: and here's, they, another, here's another... Well,
2: sorry. Italy to qualify from the group would yeah. be a big thing.
1: Uh, yeah, and I would say that South Africa, I think, were the... I don't know if they were the first... No, they... They may have been the first team at the last World Cup to lose a game, or certainly lose their opening game, to lose a game and go on and win the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I, I
2: believe they're the first team to have done that.
1: Which, that... So, so, it's not uncommon for team. Well, it's now not uncommon for teams to lose a game in the pool stage and still go on and win a World Cup. So it's not just about winning every game. And it could well be, in the case of Paul B, which we'll come to, that... Every team finishes the poll with three wins, yeah, and one goes out on a head-to-head or, or try score. Exactly what happened
2: to Japan, Japan 2015, in 2015, which is I a, think
1: a really cruel way to go out, right? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 2015 we went. How on?
2: No, 2015 they went out in that manner because they and again then. No, because they got to the quarterfinals in twenty nineteen.
3: Yeah. And they went out to South Africa.
2: They did. Because they beat Scotland and they beat Scotland and Ireland. Right. So yeah, I think awesome.
1: a more I think a more compelling thing to say in response to the lopsided draw is that it has made the pool stages so interesting. So many very, very significant <clears throat> games and the quarterfinals are gonna be unreal.
2: Because they are the top five teams are on one side of the draw, which means Pools A and Pool B are dynamite, and then Pools A and Pool B meet each other. So you will have four of the top five teams playing each other in the uh, in the quarterfinals, unless by some miracle, Tonga or Italy or Uruguay um, cause an upset, which is highly, highly unlikely. Well, okay,
3: I'm not saying it's highly unlikely. I am. I, it's unlikely. I mean, it's unlikely that Uruguay are going to cause an it's upset. It's highly unlikely. So Uruguay, un- Uruguay are a good team. Yeah. But okay, they're not going to cause it, uh, and neither in Namibia, right? Yeah. in Italy a could, Italy, yeah. Italy, however. It- like, I just think we need to bear this in mind. We're looking at an All Blacks team, which are schizophrenic when it comes to their consistency. You know, losing at home to uh, Ar- to Argentina sort of demonstrates that. Their biggest ever loss uh, to South Africa demonstrates that. They're not the unbeatable team they once were. Now, all the to win, 80 90% yes. But then Italy have also got couple of wins in their belt against France They've beat France three times
2: uh, Not for ten years mm-hmm. But the last time they played them They only lost by five points This
3: year yeah. And that's this incarnation of the French team So, you know, And this is the first time as well They've got players Well not the first time But the first time in a long time They've got players in key positions Who are very very good in top flight clubs Mostly Garbisi I mean, I, may, I think Gorbisi might not start for France but it'd certainly be be in consideration, and same and, and same for the All Blacks too. He is a genuine talent. Yeah, I mean, he's such a genuine talent. He plays for a team that only last year won the top fourteen. So, you know, uh, they've they've got a shot. If you've got so, to fly off, s that, who's that good. You've got a shot. I I agree. I think they've got a shot, but it's it is
2: a
1: long shot. Mm. If it's, if, it's, if, you pull, play, it, if you played that game, so it's yeah. So, yeah. If, if you went through this, if you had this poll a hundred times. Oh. how many times do Italy come out of that pool out of a hundred times
3: oh, I guess after like a hundred games they'd know their opposition fairly well <laughs> um, it, it works both it well, is, both ways yeah. I guess it, it even itself out eventually I think, it, um, I think, I, it's, yeah. I
1: think it's
2: one or two no. one like,
1: or two out of a hundred I agree with that so it's a one or two percent chance of this happening so you, I would not put I, any yeah. money on it and I, I think it's. Th- Hi- I, I would describe that as highly unlikely
3: yes uh, yeah, Okay. Um, would okay. you okay so uh, just go back to your outside centre um, dilemma Tim Who's else I sent him for Italy? He's a of Brick. Bre- Brex. Brex. So there's Brex or Maurici who can. Brex. Yeah. I like Brex a lot. He's a big, strong boy. Brex he's game lines. Yes. He's, he's very good defensively. I just don't yeah. see him beating France or New Zealand. Well, France, no Jonathan Dante. Does, yeah. that, does that change your mind?
1: For the first game.
3: Yeah, okay, so he's back for... It's
1: Italy play their two big games. So the way this pool breaks down, the, yeah, the, the match-ups you need to look out for are obviously the opening match, France-New Zealand, with what with what a way to start a World Cup. And there's a lot of people thinking that this may be the bookend, that may be the first and the last fixture of the World Cup. Yep, Yeah. Could happen. The other fixtures to watch out for are week four and week five when New Zealand play Italy and then in week five when France play Italy.
2: Yeah, so the, Italy, they have got the teams in... Uh, ranking order yeah. in, uh, in my opinion so they play Namibia first who are the, the whipping boys they then play Uruguay good. and Uruguay are a good team like, I think
1: Sergio Arata their scrum off is mint genuinely
2: oh, a good scrum off Arata is a great player as Charles Richardson knows he's mm. one of the few players who was mentioned <laughs> on the Braymore Predictor podcast Yeah, he might uh, be uh,
3: one of the only players mentioned he might be uh, the only player uh, anyway,
1: Santiago Arata I think his name is but they, they've also
3: I got, got this
2: amazing this, so Chile and Uruguay have got this um what's what's the name of uh the Australian forward whose name we just mentioned upstairs? Um, Australian Australian forward. Australian forward who you did a podcast with. Ben Darwin. Ben Darwin. So Uruguay and Chile have got this cohesion that is off the charts. Yeah. As a consequence of the Superliga Americas rugby or whatever it's called now. That po- basically post-Covid and post-Haguarez leaving um, Super Rugby proper, this South American club tournament was set up and very predictably the Haguaras, in the first year of it running ran away with it, they won it comfortably. Argentina have then disbanded the Jaguares and formed two teams to spread their players, plus all the, the players, all the Argentine internationals who were playing for the Haguaras, have moved all around the world. They're playing in Japan and in Europe and anywhere else. And what that meant, has meant is two teams then have um, come to the fore, one being a Uruguayan team, Penarol, who have won the two subsequent tourman- tournaments, and the majority of the Uruguayan pack play for this team. So they've got an enormous cohesion. And the same thing happened with uh, with Chile. And it's Seltenham is the team there. And they get to the final the year before last. And again, the majority of the Chilean team play for this one team. So you're going to have... While they might not have quite the, the top-end talent... And they might not have the experience of playing in Europe, a lot of these guys, although some of them do, like uh, Santiago Arrata, who you mentioned before, Tim. Uruguay and Chile will have this enormous cohesion, which
1: definitely counts for something. Um, De- definitely. So, oh, go on, sorry. How, how do you see the, fir- the first match going, France New Zealand? I mean, what a way to open up. But I- I'm, I'm, I... I'm going to contend the result doesn't really matter.
2: It, it, and I, no. I i think you're right because whoever whoever wins is playing whoever comes second in pool b and whoever comes second in pool b it's basically a coin toss like it, it doesn't really matter so you, it's not like you can say oh yeah we'll get an easier ride if we win this game and a harder ride if we come second
3: i suppose you
1: could say getting the french public on board day 1 could w- would set them up
3: nicely really nicely. Well, yeah absolutely yeah yeah, I, I think what we're going to find in all these pools is there's usually going to be one big game, with two of the major teams, and in one in one pool, um, three major teams. Uh, I would just say there's going to be an upset this World Cup, and it's going to be a massive one, because people are so focused on the other great rival, they've actually forgot about the improvements of, of all the others. Mm. Italy in uh, in this pool, and I guess if we're talking about pool B next, it'd be Tonga.
2: yeah. Uh, definitely i i do like the idea of so i think th- i think new zealand might win this first game uh and i th- i like the idea of then pressure being put on france in their last game the last game of this pool uh in where is that game being played in
1: paris uh, oh no no it's not in paris is, is it it's uh leon Ly- leon yeah well, so f- france versus italy in Lyon yeah
2: f- on 6th of october to basically decide are France going to
3: make it out of the pool? I'd
1: like that because that's one of the games I'm, I'm,
2: oh.
3: I'm slated
1: to go to. So okay. I'd, I'd like there to be something on it.
3: So Fantastic. One of the things which is going to be massive in this, and I don't know if you watched the France uh, Australia game. Do you want see that? Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I was waxing lyrical about the performance of the fly half in the second half, who is. What's his name now? Hastoy. Ha- nope, the other one. Jaleber, Jaleber start. and I was like, he? he really opened up second half. Mm. That happens correspond with the yellow card. So it looks to me, and I think this will be a theme that teams have spent a lot of time working out how to defend with fourteen. And I wonder if there's going to be a change of mindset, rather than how do you defend against fourteen? How do you defend with fourteen? How do you attack against fourteen?
1: Well, we saw that with Ireland against England, didn't we? As well, soon as England were down men, they, were, they went instantly coast to coast. Like it's something
3: they practiced. Uh, yeah. And that is exactly times. what we and saw with s- France. Because when we, we watched it, I was like, bloody hell, I missed that. Completely missed it.
2: And it's very much a Leinster thing as well. Like, obviously, that f- flows into the island team. But Leinster's strategy notably changes, particularly in the big game. They will take points when they're playing against 14 men. As soon as they're playing, sorry, they'll take points when they're playing against 15 men. As soon as they're playing against 14 men, they will play riskier plays, and mm. they will turn down kickable kicks to kick for the corner.
3: So, <laughs> just pulling all the strings, all the bits of a conspiracy theory together, <laughs> um, we know that Australians and potentially su- Southern Hemisphere people in general do not take the tackle height rules too seriously after the Owen Farrell debacle. We also know that the... Well, no,
1: no, no, they, they, they don't take them seriously when it's an Englishman making the tackle. You, well, oh, oh, no, sorry. They take them very seriously when it's an Englishman taking the no, 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 the no, they
3: don't, because it's the Australians that let him off. Oh, right, it yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But then it, it was... Then it the was... judicial... Yeah, yeah. But the actual players and yeah. the, the culture. Okay, right. And then you combine that with the fact that the All Blacks love a good card now, and they can't get enough of them. Well, They're all pine-up cards... So if the All Blacks find themselves with a couple of yellow cards, expect France to go absolutely wild. And also expect a bit of ref pressure as well. Who wants to give a yellow card to the home nation?
1: Uh, the, the breakdown in this one's going to be massive. And the, the way that the Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere referees differ in how... I mean, John Kerwin described it as pedantic Matthew Carley. But it, no, it's no, that it's, is
3: Matthew Carley. Yeah, get used to it. That
1: is Matthew Carley. That's, and, the, yeah. that's I mean, the point. And Southern Hemisphere refs, the number of times we'll watch like Ben O'Keefe and go, Oh my god, and Pipe, like, what oh is my that? God, just letting the breakdown go, like, people flying in all over the shop. But, that, but know, then, then there's inconsistency because
2: they'll fly yeah. in all over the shop for 10 breakdowns in a row, and then all of a
3: sudden a penalty yeah. appears. And you're like, Hang on, have you yeah. just seen the last 10 breakdowns? If John Kirwin, right, who is not a coach, is he? He's a pendant at the moment, right? But if John Kirwin is like, Matt Carley's really pedantic. And you know he's really planting. It's your job. Yeah. Yeah. He's a it, ref. 100%. Like, shut up. shut up. And it's saying, like, if you see, I don't know, Ben O'Keefe or whatever, feel free to chance your hand. So, just on on the
2: the, um, tackle height in the southern hemisphere, I know you're referring to the Australian uh, judiciary. Yes. The panel that uh, initially um, allowed Owen Farrell's appeal to be successful. I was listening to Ross Tucker... Um, taught today on Science of Sport podcast, and he actually said that Jacques Ninaba was one of the first people to properly engage with the technique around dropping the tackle height. Really? Yeah, he said he's a physiotherapist by trade. Really? trade which I didn't know. No, I didn't. But he's, uh, he's apparently very, very hot on the mechanics. What? to pr- it, uh, Because oh, he realises, uh, he's obviously hot on the mechanics, but he realises the risk of playing with fourteen men. And so you might actually see, like, I would... Probably um, stereotypically, and showing my biases, inaccurately think that South Africa would be more at risk at that. But maybe they're not. Well, they de-
1: I would say, generally speaking, their defence has been brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. they never seem to miss a tackle. And uh, yeah, inter- that's really interesting. So it's something to watch out for. Because I only heard that today, and I've not yet hmm. watched them back with that lens. So Paul, a then uh, France, even without Dante uh, for the first game, even without Belemza for the tournament. and The tournament? Yeah.
3: Well,
1: he's out. Paul Belemza's out. How, how he, did this happen? He's on the reserve list. He's injured. He's got a uh, no. quadricep tear. Oh, for God's sakes.
2: So he's, he's had un- some like, as well. bad couple of years. Yeah, Cyril injuries. buys
1: out of the first game. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's no. just combinations. Their they're 9-10 combination, their centre pairing, uh, their front row. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's got changed. so much depth. It's dis, not going to be I was gonna a say, huge dis- problem. Despite that, you just go, Depont, Penno, Aldrit,
3: yeah, Fiku,
1: Marchand, Fiku. Yeah, but, you
3: know, Ramos. It's not even an individual. It's a position. The hookers, just say the hookers. <laughs> yeah, like the back row. And they're just. I mean, like the second row as well. They've just got so many of them. Yeah. Like oh, the hookers. So in I particular. still think they're going to have too much for New Zealand.
2: I I, I'm not sure they will for New Zealand. I actually, my prediction is New Zealand win the first time these two teams meet. France win the second time these two ah, teams meet. That, that, yeah, that is genuinely I my think prediction it's for the go tournament. Really
3: wrong for New Zealand, really quick. Mm. I think that Fran- France punch them in the mouth and they don't stop punching them. <laughs> That's what I
1: think. <laughs> All right, so so you, do, you two both saying France 2 I'm saying France one, New Zealand two in the pool, and you're saying New, New Zealand, Zealand one, one France, France two. two. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Whichever. Uh, Paul B.
2: Yes. So it starts off, the The teams are in reverse order. Romania, who are here to make up the numbers, unfortunately. A cheat, probably. <laughs> who knows? Tonga, then Scotland, then Ireland, then South Africa. Just
1: one very small point, so we've mentioned Namibia and, and now Romania as well, but there, there's Chile as well in Paul D. And It would be nice to have the format that the Sevens does. And we talked about this, yeah, before, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where there were midweek games because the the games when you get to the knockout stages are only at weekends. It would be good to have a Thursday night yeah, game yeah, yeah, or a yeah. Friday night game that was a sort of undercard knockout, a, yeah, a, a plate or a, Completely
3: whatever. Completely agree. It'd be, a, a It'd be great location.
1: for Namibia and Romania. It would also be quite funny to see whichever team didn't get out of the pool, <laughs> like whether that's England, <laughs> Wales, or whatever. But maybe having some... to face the, the shame of going and yeah. playing against Chile and Romania.
2: England in 2015, we we always back ourselves at home
3: in the loser bowl. (laughs) I'd love to see Bill Sweeney spin that. (laughs) So, I think the danger in this pool is obvious, but the more... Oh, sorry, the less obvious danger... I'm gonna make a prediction. One of these big teams loses to Tonga.
1: Oh, I can't mm. see it.
3: Why they're so Tonga, focused on each other? Yeah, well, Tonga
1: have. Yeah, I, I get that point. And yeah. and Tonga have got some talent back in their ranks. Maka- some Malakai Fakatoa and Charles Pietau. Some and unfortunately, Izzy Falau is injured. He's Out. Yeah. Uh, but So they so they do have talent. But Sapuwanga. Oh, sorry, Samoa. But, but they yeah. are they are the difference is unlike Fiji, they they are still. Kind of just uh, Adam Coleman's another one. They're just kind of thrown together a little bit, and they don't have the cohesion that, yeah. that Phil's was talking about. We saw them last year. We they saw did them, not
2: look good, did they? They did not look great. They really looked like well, they as, looked like talented players
3: thrown together. Yeah. However, they have had time. They have, and you know they've got four games to have even more time together. Ireland, Scotland, South Africa have got two massive games. Like it's unlike any other pool this so the temptation to rest players against Tonga is going to be huge. Mm. And they're going to come and stuck. They are going to cu- come, cu- come... Someone will come Particularly and in
1: stuck. the case of uh, if, of Ireland with their schedule, because they, they they have Romania first. And because they've only had two warm-up games and Johnny Sexton hasn't played, you would imagine they go full <coughs> strength for that match. Mm. Or maybe they won't. Um, maybe they'll ease into it a little bit more still. But Yeah,
2: and they've got a few guys carrying knocks, who have not really... like Sheehan, yeah. Conan... So, yeah, they w- I don't think they'll go full strength.
1: Yeah, possibly not then. So
2: they'll ease into that. But then, Sexton then, has to play. Yeah,
1: Sexton. Sexton has to play. And then week two, they have Tonga. And then after that, they've got their two big games.
3: Yep. South Africa yeah. and then Scotland. If they take that the, the after ball for one second, Tonga will take advantage.
2: Yeah. And Ireland, they almost, um, almost lost to Samoa a couple of weeks ago. So it's not impossible. I... I think they're. I think they are alive to it. Like you just have to look at the names on the team sheet to think,
3: like bottlers.
1: I okay. <laughs> this. Pool is all about matchups. And, okay. And so the opening weekend, South yeah. Africa are just got. They just got too much heat for Scotland. They just got too much heat, and I just don't like that matchup for Scotland. The matchup to end the pool, though, where Scotland play Ireland. I quite like that match up from a Scottish perspective. So
3: do I, and I love South Africa against Ireland. I think Ireland will get absolutely battered by South Africa.
1: I oh, see. I've got. I've. I could see South Africa beating Scotland, Ireland beating South Africa, Scotland beating Ireland.
3: Yeah. And then some sort of bonus point shenanigans. Yeah. yeah and if yeah. somebody doesn't get the bonus point against Tonga and it runs very close. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ireland get a losing bonus point against Tonga and that maybe gets them through.
2: A losing bonus. <laughs> no, because if you lose
3: against one of those teams, you're out. Yeah, but Scotland also lose but without the bonus point. Scotland,
2: so Tonga yeah, yeah, yeah. we well, are going through, through. <laughs> 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 have only lost yes. to
3: South Africa Brilliant <laughs> So uh, Yes um, Yeah I, I think I'm going to say I think Scotland And South Africa Get out of this pool So Scotland I think Can be dangerous To South Africa as well
2: Like I, I really do We've seen them So Scotland's warm up games They're going to have to
1: score 30 points Well Well they can Well so
2: uh, let, me, let me play through my logic so, Scotland's warm-up games were France twice and Georgia, which is, and they might have had one other game, but those are the, the key ones, which is, those are the games you want when you're preparing for South Africa. Yeah. And they stood up, their their pack, even when they had to rotate because Zander Figgerson was uh, suspended, their pack stood up to that test, and even they were dominating a very, very strong Georgia pack whose, whose um, props are all... Earning hundreds of thousands of euros a year, playing for the top teams in, for, playing for Toulon and La Rochelle and Racing ninety two, so I don't think that's they're they're not going to be totally blown away by South Africa up front. And South Africa, if we just ignore last week where they totally dismantled New Zealand, uh, and a few weeks before that when they totally dismantled Wales, generally in in knockout rugby they don't actually score that many points. They keep it quite close. They keep it more of an arm wrestle, and if Scotland are in the game, they've got the players to be able to score fourteen,
1: twenty-one points in twenty minutes yeah. when things click. So, you so th- I think Scotland can. Cannot- Do Anne up against South Africa is just uh, and Do and Pierre Schoeman up against and W P Nell and W P Nell and Kyle Stain and Kyle It's a bit ridiculous isn't <laughs> when you look at the Scottish team. It's a so bit you ridiculous. think
3: they're going to have to score about thirty thirty points to win this? Yeah, a bit like. Um, Bishop's Castle and on- and Oni Valley <laughs> this weekend.
1: There you go, that's, that's ten seconds of your quota. <laughs> you, um
3: allegedly lost to um, Upton on 7, 34-100. Ah. <laughs> you don't know the truth of that yet. It's a hell of a scoreline. Yeah. It is a hell of a scoreline. We'll score give out. you thir- 34 points. Do you think you can win? <sighs> yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. I'll take 34 and points. And you're, bo- no, you're not getting losing bonus points. Oh, well, we missed a Yes! <laughs>
1: With Paul B, again, I hope there's something significant riding on the last game, just as a pure neutral Ireland v Scotland.
3: I, th- well, there will be, I'm sure, I'm sure.
1: <clears throat> well, there will be for who quarter quarterfinal spots, if nothing else. But um, which two are coming out of this pool, Phil, for you?
2: Oh, I change my mind every time I look at this. I think it is South Africa and Ireland. In that order? Maybe the other way round. Ireland, South Africa. South Africa and Scotland. But I think Scotland can, Scotland really can disrupt anyone. Yeah, like they. I don't think Scotland can win the tournament just because I don't think they can win the number of games on the bounce. But I could easily see the. I could even see a way to Scotland topping this pool. But I think most likely is Ireland for South Africa second.
1: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. Just a couple of things before we leave this pool. Firstly, the 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 odd really bizarre freak out. That uh, was Matt Williams. That oh, I heard this. I've been going saying this seven, se- seven one seven one. I've about the seven one split because it's for
3: safety or something.
1: Well, he said that this, we didn't used to have substitutions. Now, uh, then we got brought them in because of and Keith Wood was also saying it's oh we need to change the way they do the substitutions off the back of South Africa bringing on all seven forwards at once at Twickenham. I think this is, there's a, there's an element of South Africa have got so much depth that as we've already said, WP and PS Scuman. Uh, uh, and the list goes on and on and on like Paul Willems are obviously not involved and you go around the world and they've they've, other international packs are stacked with South Africans and they've got enough quality they can bring seven brilliant
3: players off the bench all at the same time I think that's all this is it's actually just envy
2: I tend to agree
3: I think it's a little bit more than that I think there's I think it's kind of like um, a misguided a misguided intelligence almost so they're trying to make a point which actually doesn't stack up. So the point would be that it's unsafe because you don't have a replacement back, your backs need to be replaced, or I guess that's the point, right? But if you think about it, it's the forwards that take the majority of the hits. Like this Well, it's the, same- it's,
1: the, it's the way South Africa play as well. They're just leaning into their strength.
3: Yeah, but you're replacing... Is fine. What I'm saying is you're replacing a part of your team which gets more wear and tear with... Another player well, I, don't think uh, the sa- I don't think safety came up in Oh, the, the uh, what? Season. It did It was a key pillar, pillar of what, what, of what he said oh. what, what, Literally he said that He said, well. we, we've, we've done this for years uh, And it's for safety And it's for welfare That's what he said well, uh, Yeah
1: I, I don't see a problem with it it's, like, so I don't like, see a problem it with it That's year- why I'm, yeah, letting, I know, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. this Agreed Four years ago, South Africa uh, Pioneered the 6-2 split
3: I mean, I don't know why you just don't go If you've got Enough talent, just go with eight forwards. Particularly if you've got lads that can well, do a job in the in the backfield. Yeah. Well, the other way to look at this is, I,
1: uh, no one would have been complaining, and people would have been saying, "What a naive thing to do! How stupid!" Had South Africa got a couple of back injuries.
2: Well, and yeah. that's that's the thing. Like it, everything comes with trade offs. Yeah. So no, if you, if, yeah, no solutions, only trade offs. Yeah, so
3: Unless you've got someone like Machelu in your squad.
2: Machelu is a great example. Yeah. But if you go, t- like even with a six-two split, you lose or you lose three backs, yeah, and then you've got a problem.
3: Well, I mean, you look at it in two ways, don't you? You either look at it backs and forwards, which is traditional. We look at it as skill players and non-skill players. In which case, you can have as many non-skill players as you want, except for maybe one. Or
2: pace players and non-pace. Like yeah. a pace player who can play, like Makalu, can play in the outside channel because he's fast.
3: But like, say, if you've got a nine, a ten, and a fifteen that are interchangeable, nine, ten, or twelve, which are interchangeable. There's no reason. Why you just don't go with eight forwards? Point, uh, or eight non skilled uh, players? Do you I've, know got, I've got a quote from Matt
2: Williams here. Yes, it's, it's ridiculous. Please. World rugby should act in the next week and say during the World Cup you need three recognised backs on your bench. Who Problem over. Them? <laughs> Problem over. The fact that they haven't, South, South, South Africa are not breaking any rules.
1: I, it's just nuts. That is nuts. It's absolutely... he, He's had four years to complain about a 6 2 split and now. <laughs> And this is the thing What I was just about to say was It is absolutely ridiculous To have this conversation two weeks from a World Cup And, and the, the Kiwis were at it as well With the whole TMO bunker thing Which they didn't complain about until now and Then all of a sudden after the Twickenham match it, There was a massive meltdown About the TMO so now, bunker and officiating honest, in
3: general I've been complaining about uh, Owen Farrell's lack of standards for years Am I okay to, to continue this Because it wasn't in vogue when he got sent off or before he got sent off, you can continue doing whatever you yeah, want. But yeah, but the pundits can't. What you do you mean? mean? Because they only started after you got sent off.
1: No, no, they only. No, what I'm saying is, I,
3: I, I, do I have permission to go Owen Farrell continuously now? Because no, I've been for a long time. Wh-
1: what I'm saying is, two weeks out from a World Cup, like let's let's focus on the rugby. Like just le- any of these conversations, nothing's going to happen in the next two weeks. Give over.
3: Yeah, I think that's probably a fair point. Do you know what though? I do quite like the drama. Like, I do and I don't Like I do enjoy the Matt Williams as well. Because it's so stupid as well, uh, well it's so stupid. I guess like You can
2: say whatever you want Free to say whatever you want And we can say That is a stupid thing
3: to say It is stupid But you know, how many hours Of TV time And debate And pub chat And everything else Does the VAR In football generate Like sometimes I, I, And I kind of get it Because I remember like, Back to Owen Farrell Actually like, that was just a absolute train wreck for rugby because it made us look stupid. But, you know, something like this, I think, is probably a worthwhile discussion because it's a genuine innovation. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not groundbreaking. You didn't need to be a genius to think about <laughs> it. But it is an innovation to, well, to see it happen. All, so,
1: all I would say is, like, choose your moments and choose your times. I suppose Matt Williams, you could argue, is, uh, was, was talking from, uh, a, from a, an impartial point of view in that, in that case.
3: Yeah, and I, to, to defend Matt, Will, Matt Williams, why would he be whinging about a 7-1 split before it happened? You know, it has to happen. Well, it, but, but, so he,
1: but he's saying he's he now, should be 5'3. Yeah, he yeah, 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 he's about six now two. calling 6'2
3: to be banned. That is fair. I mean, he might have
2: been calling this to be banned for years, but now someone's finally listened to it. Yeah. What
1: have you played no, um, What I would say is when your team loses, like, well, I mean, it was great for business on my YouTube channel, 150,000 views. That's the main of days, thing. And I got 100,000 views in a day doing a little video just taking the mickey out of basically New Zealand. New Zealand's rugby show going on and on and on about Bunker officiating rather than just doing anything except talking about the, rugby, the rugby on the field and, and, and the areas that New Zealand needs is this to be.
3: Is this because they lost and it was all because yeah, of the bunker? Yeah, well, that's right. my point. That's my point. So I'm pick your moment. You. It
1: looks, even if you may have a point, as you say, you, maybe there is something that's worth discussion. Maybe, just choose when and how you raise that point because when you lose a game. Going on about refs and stuff Just looks salty
3: Yeah so you'd, you'd be very happy If the South Africans Were whinging about the bunker After a massive victory
1: After a massive victory what? Yeah, yeah. It would, it would carry more weight with me Yeah
3: Yeah, yeah. And like, so. like uh, In the
2: Lions If Razzie had pointed out um, All the times that His team were off their feet And not competing At the breakdown And coming in at the side Alongside The Lions It would have had a lot more Weight to it mm. Agreed
3: There we go Excellent, so, w- so you all, th- you both think it's Ireland and South Africa
1: I do, unfortunately for Scotland mm, Interesting Interesting. Uh, Paul C, now I think but, as uh, as, mu- as, yeah. mu- as much as Paul B is a Paul of Death, this is a Paul of Death Well this could be,
2: I think one of four could qualify in this Yeah, I, I agree like,
1: Georgia have not got an enormous hope but, but they have a shot. A few players, uh Gorgadza not Gorgodza, Gorgadza the number eight is excellent. Yep. Aprazidza, the scrum half is brilliant. Nini Ashvili, the fullback, is ace. N-
2: Nini Ashvili really is a quality, quality operator. And yes, as
1: you've already mentioned, Phil, they, and they, they they have more they have enough props to furnish every team in the world's front row. But yeah. they're, but they're much more than just a, a, a type five scrummaging. Mauling team. They've got a lot more in their locker than that now.
2: They are now because, as well as well as Ninesh Vili, they've also got Tabu Sadza, mm. who is I think he's on twenty six tries in twenty six games as a as a winger, which is not a bad record. It's all right. So they they are they can do a little bit more than they just traditionally would do, which was a, a forward orientated set piece power game. So they could, and the fact that. They are they are strong. They're a strong Georgian team. They match up quite nicely with the other teams around them. So, Fiji traditionally totally opposite to Georgia, although anyone who's watched them in the Pacific Nations Cup or their more recent games will know that they have done a lot of work on their set piece and on their power game and, and on their uh, ability to control the game, with Caleb Muntz both having the ability to Control field position And as we saw Twickenham Keep the scoreboard Ticking over
1: and There's players in that Fijian team that weren't Involved at Twickenham
3: Joshua Tua oh, If he can get fit Because yeah. he's if been If he can get fit Injured and then,
1: how, how do you pick your Centres then Well Centres
3: or back row Or wing I mean it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> yeah. How would Matt Williamson Play him on the bench And Lavani Botti Is he allowed to play In the backs i got no idea. Ask Matt Williamson.
2: Yeah. Is it, could he be part
3: of Does a 7-1 se- split? Does he need a certificate from <laughs> some pundits? <laughs> yeah. You got your back's licence. Well done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> 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 well, what what licence would Matt Williamson have given Sam Burgess? Oh, that's a great question. Isn't it?
2: Ooh... He never really should have played anywhere outside. What
1: What would be the back equivalent the of reverse park emergency stop? What What would you have to pass to get a backs license?
3: Well, hang on. I mean, there's some. There's been some gen- genuinely awful backs. You'd
1: have to run a good overs and unders line.
3: Yeah. Ba- a basic. That's hang like, on a minute. Hang on. So I'm just thinking like that's like
1: ter- that's like ch- the cockpit check, the, the truck and trailer drills, the four right? corners,
3: yeah. and you run And I completely agree with you on paper, but I just don't see lads like. Um, uh, What's his name from Wales? Cuthbert Actually actually passing these tests <laughs> And he was a lion Matt Williamson, like, Matt Williamson couldn't Matt Williamson couldn't Matt Williams Matt Williams in, yeah. in, uh, Matt Williamson is the NFL Pundit yeah. Matt yeah. Williams Couldn't in good conscience Issue his licence <laughs> <laughs> It's like
2: I, I heard rumours of uh, You know I think it's the old Concussion test Where you had to set A baseline yeah, score yeah, yeah. Of players who couldn't Get a, a passing baseline score the, the test oh deemed them as word. concussed in their normal, like
3: operating. It's a Tuesday. They've not Tuesday in preseason. They've not played for months. I was at a barbecue last night with a girl who works for a psychologist, and the psychologist's job is to work out who is lying after car crashes as to how bad their memory loss is. And they said that some of these people are failing their tests on purpose so badly that it's early-onset dementia. <laughs> and this is well, what so They're a peaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, like, this is how... And they have to separate the memories into, like, long-term and short-term because they're, they're, yeah. they, they function differently and, and all the rest of it.
1: Well, even people that are, aren't trying to obfuscate, uh, it, like, memory's really
3: unreliable anyway, isn't it? Well, I... I, mean, I it's, did...
1: it's given such massive weight in court cases and stuff, but it's st- I did mention, so unreliable.
3: I did mention, going down the rabbit hole here, have you heard of the replication crisis in psychology? Which is and uh, in, in a lot of... Do you know what the replication crisis is? Go on, today? no. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I'll i tell you this once, but then you've got to pack it up and then just look at it in your own time because you'll spend hours, hours on this. It is basically most of academia is absolutely trash because they can't replicate the findings in papers. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. Oh, 100, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all yeah. nonsense. But it they're is. experts. They're absolutely experts.
2: They're experts. They're, they're, well, well, it's they're, definitely not just psychology as well. Concussion? Not, no,
1: no, that's not a, that's not a psycho, the kind of it psychology. It's across the whole thing. And, no, and, it's mostly and, in psychology. And quite often... No, it's in like oh, yeah, in but, lots but, of in, other scientif- scientific... Follow the money. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like uh, you don't get you you don't get your grants and you don't get your funding unless you come to the conclusion that the
3: people paying you want you to come to exactly well we can talk about um, people uh, grifting for money later actually with progressive rugby but um, let's let's carry on with the world cup
1: yeah because well, this pool is very very interesting yeah because uh, Fiji we've just talking about um, they've got a legit shot at not just getting out the pool but topping the pool
3: well Wales yeah also they could do. Yeah Yeah Do you know what Yes yeah. Just yes Wales announced their co-captains this, this week So Derry Lake and Jack Morgan are co-captains which I think it's the they first time when They
1: announced that when he announced the squad a couple of weeks ago
3: uh, I thought he announced that this week no. Officially
1: uh, Or maybe officially But they were down as co-captains when he announced the squad they, But anyway uh, yeah, It doesn't really matter, it doesn't really matter.
3: Uh, That's all Is that the first time an international team has had co-captains? I've seen Bath do it But that's not a... Blueprint for success. Don't know. I I don't I, think it's that bad. I don't think it's bad or good, really. Uh, but it kind of know. speaks to where
1: Wales are at. He doesn't know exactly who his fifteen is. I, mean, I hope he does now. Well, it kind of tells me he, he does know who he's going to be playing next ne- this weekend against Fiji. Yeah, next well, against if Fiji, Fiji
3: turn over Wales, you know the world is their oyster. Uh, I, they, yeah, this is their big game. So Fiji do this, and they're basically through. Uh, I'd love to see well, I don't handle.
1: know. I don't know. I think Phil's right. Georgia match up well against Fiji. Yeah. Mm.
2: No, I I can see Fiji topping the group. I can see them beating... I, they can beat Australia. They can beat Georgia. They can beat Wales. And I, they can beat Portugal.
1: I think this is maybe the most likely, poll where everyone suffers at least one defeat. Yes. Yeah. Because I can see Wales beating Australia in a one-off. I can oh, see I Fiji beating Wales in a one-off. And I can see yeah. Fiji losing to Georgia.
2: I do think... Australia are the favourite in my mind for this pool, even though they've got such a young team. I
3: agree with you. I can't tell you how this Georgia team stacks up compared to past Georgia teams. I just don't know. I don't know enough on them. I do know this Fiji team is probably the best we've seen in a long, long time, and I know nothing. I, I know less about Portugal than Brian Moore does. Well, we went to Portugal. Thanks, Mar- thanks to Oh yeah Vladimir ruined it Thanks to Vladimir Putin We didn't actually get to oh, see them yeah. play because well, we just played Russia Well I mean, you could uh, Some people would Would blame Zelensky for that um,
1: But
2: they,
3: Yes they got so, a Someone's yeah. spoiled our weekend They've got a couple of good backs exactly. Haven't
1: they Is it uh, Pin? Not Pinto I wanna say sounds,
2: sounds like Pinto I, 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 They've got Bettencourt Who plays at Oyuná Yeah uh, who else have they Wing, got?
1: Winger, we're beginning with a P. Zhao something? And they've got uh, Matt Vincent Marta, Pinto. Vincent Pinto, see, so I was right, Pinto. And, and, Ma- and Marta's a decent centre. Hmm.
3: Well, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is we're looking at one of the best Fiji teams in generations and probably two of the worst Australia and Wales teams in generations. Yes. So this is I agree with very that. Very spicy. I love it. Yeah.
1: and and you know, for all the criticism about the poll, if I was Scottish or Irish or South African or New Zealand, I would be a bit wounded by it. But how good is this poll? How pool, good this pool. is this poll?
2: Genuinely, it could be one of those
3: four teams.
1: And it wouldn't be nearly as interesting if the, if World Rugby had done the poll, uh, done the draw six <laughs> months ago. It wouldn't <laughs> I, be nearly I, as I, I, interesting.
3: Um, interestingly, on this, obviously Fiji have beaten Wales before and got to a semi final, uh, and it just shows that. I was going to say that uh, Australia and Wales are in a very privileged position, which is no matter how bad they are, they could always rely Did on Fiji
1: get to a semi, except quarter. Sorry,
3: quarter. Yeah, quarter, quarter. I quarter. Say, uh, yeah, yeah. But they had to go through a Tier One na- Tier One nation to do so in one of the best games of all times. Two thousand seven. Yeah, mm. that was an that amazing was amazing
1: game. Real game. That was
3: France, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, well, History is going to repeat itself. But
1: by the way, in terms of a like, lot of a lot of the Fijian team, or well, a lot of well, in fact, here's a stat. One in five players at the Rugby World Cup play, play in, in France.
2: France. Wow. And there are certain. Wow, good. Yeah. There are certain teams who will have very, very few. By way,
3: one in five players not many in the World Cup play in France, and that is with huge restrictions on player movement. Just uh, remember. With, that. with the GIF in yeah. France and with certain
2: teams, uh, namely England, Ireland, and Australia. New Zealand. Well,. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, well, th- those having nobody outside their teams, and then certain other teams like Australia, who only have
1: three, is it? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, so a massive number of the
3: big the If ropey markets, player markets, were to be liberated, which is exactly what should happen, I think what you'd find is it'd probably be one in three. Yeah, but well, uh, liberated, because do you. <laughs> you would have to.
2: Take the um, handbrake off the national teams, Mm -hmm. but that would probably push the uh, French Federation to put the handbrake on GIF
3: even more. Well, I think you're seeing a running battle, as I said last week, between World Rugby and the Nations. I think this just shifts the power dynamics, so then the top 14 becomes, almost overnight, the most powerful if it's not already the most powerful it, rugby entity in the world it, it is definitely the most powerful rugby entity in, in the world And what everyone seems to forget is If they're really interested in Quote-unquote growing the game It's not through um, pointless slogans Or saying we need to include women or whatnot It's by getting more people to watch And I well, tell you what it, it's also, An exciting top 14 would do that
1: well, Yeah, Well it, And it's also when you look at It's not just about the top 14 though In terms of growing the game France has steadily over the last decade Increase the number of professional leagues, and to the point it now has four, mm. four fully professional leagues. Sure, it's not three. Four, well, it's now four. Mm. Uh, only a few years ago, they introduced the third. Now, Federal Two is fully professional. Fully wow. professional. And this is so. This is so. My point being that this is, in terms of growing the game this may be, and I've been I'm bloody banging this drum for years, but this might be a little I'm not saying England should do it exactly like France they shouldn't, no, like, just like Wales shouldn't have tried to do it exactly like Ireland and it's blown up in their face, it needs to be specific for that nation but I just, I don't buy the ring fence premiership, I don't think a 10 team franchise league is going to be good um, long term and uh, look, at, I think the French national team is going to go from strength to strength because of the structure they've got. And how yeah, and yeah,
3: I think the top fourteen well, it, it is the future. It is the, in fact, it's the only hope really. It's not just the future; it's the only. Well, I, hope. Think there's a, I
1: think there's a good shout to say that Pro D two will be as good a standard as the English Premiership
3: in, in what sort in, of in time? The time in, the in the next few well, years. Yeah, do you know what? Not only are you right, I think you're right within three years. I mean, I don't see how you're wrong actually, because already they are. I mean, they are sucking in players who would be solid Premiership starters, and that's now, like right now. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense,
1: and it makes sense because the teams in Pro D two
3: can aspire to play in the top fourteen. Well, no, it may, Well, there's lots of reasons why. There's no, lots that, of reasons. That's a big that, reason that, why. Yeah, that is a reason why. But is it also because the you know, you RFUR if you, are, you are useless. The Premiership are useless. Well, They've sold everything to CVC. The, the, you know, they're dying by a thousand well, cuts. Well, the They've been doing so. Yeah, for, no, I agree. But,
1: but RFU couldn't control Premiership Rugby signing up with CVC. and
3: Oh, they could. Uh, they could have vetoed
1: it. The RF, they could have vetoed it. The RFU could have vetoed 100%, 100%. Premiership Rugby owners 100%. selling 27% yep. of their stake.
3: Yep. They could do that. Because they're
1: the regulator of the game. And what Absolutely. Would you, and what would you be saying if the RFU stepped in and told the owners of Premiership clubs, you're not allowed to do the thing that you all
3: want to do? I would say that they've got to sort it out between themselves. I would like to see the owners. I like to see the owners do this ages ago, which is separate from th- separate from the RFU. But you need a governing body. So yeah, the RFU could have said no, hundred percent.
2: But there is another um, uh, interesting difference between France and England. France is twenty percent bigger than England, and football in England is much much bigger. Mm. Uh, so the well, pati- I did,
1: particularly in the south of France, where, where most of the rugby is, y- the, the yeah, southern, the southern half. Yeah.
2: yeah, but I did some number. I looked at some numbers a few years ago, uh, pre-COVID, uh, g- comparing the top flight of football, the top few flights of football, to the, in France to England, and England gets way, way more eyeballs w- actually watching mm. games, um, to, like multiples of the number in France, whereas. Rugby, it's multiples in France more than rugby in England. Yeah. So you have this population, which is one way in favour, but the the preference for sport is massively stacked against England.
3: I would love to know how French pundits and French uh, rugby writers cover the game in France. Do they do what the English do, which is it's about values and it's family, or do they talk about... You know, brutality and honour and I, I don't know because I don't understand French But I'd love to know how they talk about the game Because I wouldn't be surprised if it's very, very different Very different And you know, I, I don't know if you boys saw The message that was sent to our group But we've had a message uh, is an, an email from um, the, the WRU The Welsh Union To clubs suggesting how they engage more With communities to drive participation And it's things like create a period positive clubhouse uh, create a uh, the, the best one was a menopause positive clubhouse now I'm all f- I mean okay great but it's about as relevant to growing the game as say you know making your old people's home friendly for skateboarders yeah, like, there's I, just I, no I, point I, I suppose that's there. the
1: point there's nothing wrong with those suggestions and well the
3: opportunity cost is massive isn't well, it well, no, 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 you're wasting on. your hold on. time hold on.
1: hold on let, let, me, let me make yeah. a point there's nothing wrong with those, those things um, are you taking care of the fundamentals? It's a bit like when, when you talk about coaching a team. It's like, you know, run, run all the,
3: you know... Today we pass, uh, we're doing triple miss passes. I mean,
1: triple miss passes, yeah, yeah. How's your, how's your line-out
3: more? Yeah, exactly. It's can, can, can you play his pass? But like, you think, like, if this is what WRU are doing, and they've created little video, um, little videos for each, and little courses for each, I mean, it's all well and good, but, you know, it's like rearranging the deck chairs on the, on the Titanic.
1: Well, on to Wales, then, and back to Paul C. Like do you in that opening game and we're less than a week away now th- this time next week we will know the result of Wales v Fiji what do, what do you think <sighs> how do you think that one is going to go give me Fiji I hope it's
3: Fiji uh, I, I desperately hope Fiji wins I
1: I I, I can I, really see it I can see it I mean I can see Wales winning I think Fiji when you look at yeah Nakale <sighs> Ne Nayathalevu ne- uh, and Randranda in the centre or, no to God, here,
2: or now or and yeah Tuisova <sighs> yeah is
1: and the then Ra- Ravatumada on the wing and oh man they've got and Bottia back in oh they've got some they've got some talent if they can do that if they can do the job up front then I'm going for a Fiji two win
3: Tuisova's one of those guys that um, kind of like Kyle Eastman when you I used to ask people who's the best player you've ever played with anyone who played with Kyle Eastman would like say Kyle Eastman and if they didn't And they you like, What about Kyle Eastman like, Oh yeah yeah Kyle Eastman Yeah um, I, They just need to be Reminded of the guy To us so over Everyone that's played with him That I know And I've interviewed Is like He is Unbelievable He is Such an unbelievable specimen
1: Yeah
2: Because he's so enormous But he's so powerful He's so eno- He's not um, He's not that tall He's just Like this ball Low centre of gravity Just ball of muscle
3: yeah yeah, I, you know, the, the, number one, the number one scary thing in rugby Is having your line broken And having it broken continuously And Fiji have got problems Do you know what, Fiji might be able to do that better than almost anybody And certainly in a unique way So I guess South Africa can do it And France can do it with just brute strength no one can do it with the power and the finesse of Fiji And mm. that is dangerous mm. So I'm saying Give me Fiji to beat Wales
1: But Australia to beat Fiji Yes Which would mean that the third fixture Is it could be critical Australia playing Wales I think
2: Australia beat Wales I do as well I think Australia top this group actually I, I think it could I go either way right. But, but there was a, there's a, a, a certain, certain If Carter Gordon can actually kick sticks And get some points
1: Is that the weekend you're Are you, in, are you coming to Leon? Are we coming to Leon? I don't
3: know Maybe Maybe not.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe
3: You were toying with the idea on yeah. that weekend weren't you? So I don't know if history matters that much But obviously the history between Wales and Fiji it just, to me, it just makes Fiji slight favourites. And also, Wales, the best one in the world, you can watch as much video as you want, they're just not going to be prepared as, mu- as much as they would like for Fiji because there's nothing in the Northern Hemisphere which prepares you for it. Australia, on the other hand, they do have the advantage on Wales and have done historically, but against Fiji, they know kind of what what they're up against. They know far better than Wales.
2: Yeah, because a big chunk of this, t- this Fiji team, uh, maybe not the key... T- Stars that we've mentioned, like Botia, like Tuasova, like Radrandra, like Salevu. but a key part of the team play for the Fijian draw, who have played against all of the Australian boys. Oh, Tim, I just need to take a call
1: from
3: my daughter. Oh, hello. Ooh. it's usually from his agent at this time, <laughs> <laughs> or is uh, the captain of his yacht? Yeah, crikey, <laughs> <laughs> cockerforce one. <swamp. laughs> so yeah, so
2: I'm saying, I am saying Australia first, and Fiji second in this pool. Australia first. Fiji second. second. Wales third. Georgia, sadly fourth. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And then, so Tim,
1: Just all okay? Yes, yeah, you're trying to blag a lift.
3: Oh, <laughs> Why do not you, send, why don't you send, send your driver? Oh, is he busy? <laughs> is, he, is he on a break? He's <laughs> just getting the boat ready. Uh, right. Stacks
2: up. <laughs> stacks up. <laughs> so, Tim, I'm saying Australia to top the pool. Yes. Fiji second.
1: I I tend to agree, but I, I could totally see Wales beating Fiji, but how yeah. good is this pool? How good is this, this pool? This pool is dynamite. Uh, <laughs> isn't it? And then on to pool D. Which is also dynamite, particularly so, with... The, I, 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 there's been a lot to criticise world rugby with, and I would continue to criticise the constant tinkering, the changing of laws. Don't like that. However... Their change of allowing players to go back to their country of birth.
2: Yeah, all grandparents, parents grandparents and grandparents, yeah. yeah. But,
1: um, yes, I love it. And in the case of Samoa, uh, what was the one? Jean Clain wasn't kind of the one that that was designed to help. Correct. I don't mind it, but I love it for Samoa, who have Lima Sopoanga, Genuine Threat at Ten, um, and Christian
2: Le- Leofano, Christian
1: Le- Leofano,
2: Jordan Taufua, Stephen yeah. Luatua. Um, they have Charlie Falmoina Some mega players there, some great players, and some mega players.
1: And now he's back fit again. Just I know it's not the same ring he was playing for Samoa all the time, but I'm so excited to see Theo McFarlane
2: Yes, yeah,
1: what a baller!
2: They've got because like big bad Brian Aloisi, Alan Alan, yeah. Um, Theo McFarlane Chris Vui. Uh-huh. Jesus, that's, that's Fritz
3: a Lee. hack and a half. That. Yeah. I mean, some of them are aging, but you know, I don't think age is that much of a big deal um, in rugby nowadays. In fact, if anything, it just gives you a little bit more experience. And there's also an element of like, I don't know what it is about Pacific Island players, but they seem to go on forever and not break. Like, do you remember um, the proper player for Cardiff? Yes.
0: What was he, um, 48 yeah. by the time he retired
3: and still bench pressed 200 kilograms? Yeah. You know, I, was, I was playing against um, the captain of. He wasn't Catty. He played for like it was it Catty at, at his name is Catty, and he played at New Brighton until like <laughs> recently. Just they just never stop they until never he's stop. Al- almost mm. fifty. Yeah, they, there is some serious talent in this team and experience. I mean, yep. I, that's that's the thing which gets me most excited about the Pacific Islanders. It's they've already got the talent. You can showcase it now with some real experience, some real guidance, and wisdom. That is exciting. I mean, imagine getting to play. With Lua, imagine Louis Which is walking into camp With all his All black cap, caps With all of his you know, Experience with Nearly winning stuff With Bristol Yeah I mean, it, It's it's bloody impressive
2: yeah, yeah yeah,
3: Bloody impressive Um, So There's Argentina There's England We know about them Chile Who knows anything about Chile?
2: Well I mentioned it before The um, The Super Super Liga America's rugby Yeah um, The Uruguay And Chile have they are benefiting from this? I'm just looking at the Chilean squad. Of the 33, only five players do not play for Seltenham So, <laughs> so
1: 28 of
2: the team play for Seltenham who reached the um, the final, lost to the uh, the Uruguayan team uh, year before last. So, so they've got some cohesion there. They lost to Penarol, the Uruguayan team. So
3: Chile, I. Th- I think, might as check this out, but I'm pretty sure Chile have a coach who I don't know as such, but I've observed him very closely, and I've got to say, I was really impressed. So, that, got, go on. Well, the coach, the main coach is
2: a big, uh, big fat Chilean bloke with mm-hmm. a silver, big silver beard.
3: Not him. Looks like Father Christmas. Definitely not him. Okay. It is a guy called Dan Richmond, who coached at Sale Sharks, and was kind of unheralded. No one knew really who he was. But when I went on sale for the press days, uh, I was lucky enough to actually stand on the... This is like in the days when Diamonds was in charge and did whatever you want, really. Um, but you got to stand right next to the coaching stations. Mm. And he had some of the most unusual drills, but some of the most well-planned drills I've, I've ever seen. Really inventive coach. Mm. So um, he then left sale. He was... I think he probably was a bit scapegoated. Do you know when Sale did that thing where they'd get to fifth unexpectedly, get to Europe, and then immediately nearly get relegated yeah. to Europe? And I think they were on the down cycle of that.
2: Yeah, they did that and, about three times, didn't they? Yeah,
3: and he, I think he got caught up in... The, in, in but I really rated uh, like his uh, his work. And then, and then he was at Cambridge, and ah. also at Chile. So that's, that's quite a... Well, I don't think it's going to make a shred of difference, but he's a very good coach. Well, did, do you remember the
2: only other bit that I know about Chile is do you remember how they qualified USA USA yeah they had a two legged game against USA one of the games I think the the first leg uh, in the USA was in torrential conditions and their fly half Rodrigo Fernandez scored a wonder try from inside his own half beat about five players and I think they might have even lost the first one very narrowly And won the second was it by one by one point? Yeah, I think both in one game was by one point And one game was two or three yeah, points Yeah,
3: I, I can't. It's an
2: absolute amazing
3: battle Against What does Brian Moore think about chilli? Do, do we know? <laughs> I'm not I'm not Tim Sure What's that, sorry? Does, do you know what Brian Moore thinks about chilli? Do, do we recall his thoughts on it? Um
2: I'm not sure he got into too much detail. No. I'm sure Charles Richardson would have a lot more detail than any of us on <laughs> yes. Chile, but sadly right, it's fair. sadly he didn't get to uh, put it out
3: there. No, he didn't. So so the other half of this, this pool. England, Argentina, I think at this point is just a sheer toss up. I think it's I, a 50 50 coin flip. I, I think Argentina are favourites. Maybe marginally. I just think that England seems to have the rub on Argentina. Lost last year when we were in Malaga Airport. Did
2: they? Do remember? No, I don't We were watching it from uh, a bar in Malaga Airport I remember being in the
3: bar in Malaga Airport I just don't when remember
1: When you had your You had you a, like, a copious amount of Iberian ham uh,
2: that No, you know? yeah, that was all, Madrid that Airport Madrid. last year we'll talk about I had that. too much Just marginally too much Iberian ham Iberico ham Yeah, it was a,
3: it, it was dreadful um, <laughs> It can happen to any of us I think Argentina And Samoa Actually, the group. <laughs> More hope than knowledge, but why not? So, Ar- I think Argentina will beat England.
2: I think, then, England will be, with relative comfort, Japan and Samoa.
1: And the last game of the pool... Well, the last game of the pool is Argentina-Japan, which is going to be kind of inconsequential, really. In- England-Samoa on the Saturday, the 7th. I, just, yeah. you know what I
3: love about this World Cup, is the amount of frayed nerves. There's going to be so many That game, because England, England will, I, hopefully hopefully have
2: beaten Japan, probably have lost to Argentina going into that game. And you could see it being, with with the pressure coming on them, just failing to perform.
1: Yeah. Uh, or, by that point, um, Owen Farrell will be back and available. he will have already played against Chile. And here's here's me with my prediction, not just predicting a result, predicting a resounding win for England against Samoa to get them into the quarterfinals with George Ford at 10 and Owen Farrell at 12. Hmm...
3: Yeah. I've been saying it for months I could see that Ford Farrell's not done yeah. Well I mean <laughs> What were we looking at I mean they 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 could be successful Against a tier two Team short sure.
1: Manny too long are would be injured by then Yeah I mean <laughs> why he's England going Is beyond me
3: <laughs> God So I heard a theory The other day About why England Have persevered With this team And not just ta- Not just torn it up And one of the theories is Because Of the side of the draw That they're in So Eddie Jones is like, yeah, I'll just rip it up and start again because I've got the power, I've got the contract, no one's going to stop me, they're not going to fire me after like three games because I've just got a load of kids in, so I'll just go wild, I'll do whatever I want. Steve Borthwick, not only is a good good soldier, but I think he's looked at the drawing on, Christ, if I rip up this team now, put in a load of kids, and then we go out in the group stages or the quarterfinals... That is criminal Because actually we could get to a semi-final here Yeah, semi-final is the, the lowest that yeah. they should expect uh, well,
1: But the fir- I, I agree with the second part the f- uh, Or I can see what you're saying with the second part The first part that Eddie Jones was ready to rip it up I, I saw no evidence whatsoever of that Go on Well he just he didn't He had, since the last World Cup, he didn't For England are you talking? Yeah
3: No, I'm talking about Australia Oh right, yes Yeah, so in uh, like Hooper can stay right. at home Cooper can stay at home like he's got rid of absolute but, Yeah, I, I suppose the,
1: the the reason that I would the the, the element that I would say that I, I would the evidence doesn't point to that is that Eddie Jones didn't do that after the last World Cup. He kept nobody he kept did it immediately
3: after his after Stuart Lancaster, didn't he? So you know, the, no, the, not really. He yeah, kept, the big kept statement kept was Stuart
1: Lancaster was the one that did all the changes. Stuart Lancaster was the one that
2: did yeah. what Eddie Jones has done with well, Australia I mean, the with big, England.
3: The big statement he did moves were. Hartley to captain. Hartley to captain. I mean, that was a huge statement. But Hartley,
2: Hartley had been in the Lancaster squad. He'd been
1: in the Lancasters. Lancaster
2: was like, one, to La- No, Lancaster was the one memory. that
1: brought in Henry Slade. And. He um, told came into Itoji, the squad. Although uh, I don't think he played for no, no, no. Lancaster. No,
3: never played for Lancaster. No, no. He came into the squad. i not sure. I a, George Cruz played for Lancaster? Don't know. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Yeah, you know, and that was like the foundation. Stuart of Lancaster
1: team. was the one that completely refreshed the England squad, which then went Rightly on in 2019. So. Yeah, yeah, Rightly yeah. so, which then went on in a world to get to the World Cup final four years later, or five years later, as it was then.
3: Well, well he kind yes. of, yeah, he did.
1: Like, this, it's just a fact, mate. It's just, just a fact. It's just a fact that that's well, what happened. The personnel that, that got England to a World Cup final, the, the younger element of it were the ones that Stuart Lancaster brought in after was, did Stuart Lancaster come in after Martin Johnson
3: yeah he was the one that, that
1: pruned the deadwood and made the changes much like Eddie Jones is doing with Australia now well
3: I mean so the reason I kind of disagree with that is that there are a lot of young talent there's a lot of young talent coming through but they didn't get in one of the reasons that they didn't get in Is because Stuart Lancaster was obsessed With hitting this well, cap target well, well, yeah. So he we, well, yeah, well, so hit this I, cap I, target And well, then they got rid of I mean, I, I, they I see survived what you're saying, But, but the, then they the, went, the, didn't the, they? The, so, the Rob sure, nah, Haskell the, the evidence that it's why
1: It is what happened Is that in 2019 World Cup Final England had the youngest ever team To get to a World Cup Final
3: But they also had yes. a load of caps in that team And you might argue that they're young Because they finally got their chance you know, Over the, over the intervening Like Australia are now like sort of reinventing themselves that's, that's how I would look at it now I'm not saying Lancaster wasn't up for playing the youth but when Lancaster left he was playing sense combinations like twelve trees and Barretts and um Luther Burrell who we'd never seen ever again and like you think about who his captain was Rob Shaw who was immediately decaptained and but it still ha- went on to play for several years yeah still yeah. did fine but didn't make, make, make the World Cups what the same with Haskell so there, there, you know, there is definitely some merit in what you're saying but I just don't see it as like this linear here are all the young players which and, and then of course the whole foundation was a Toji and Cruz well yeah, do you know so changing uh, his captain
1: but uh, and maybe the odd bit of yeah. personnel, but generally speaking he didn't rip it up and start again no he didn't he absolutely so I've got, didn't I've
2: got the do you remember the England tour to Australia in 2016 where they won three they went yes th- three and oh. how many new caps were in that squad
1: not so, many, I'd guess. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Tamana Harrison?
2: He had a cap, so he was not a new okay. cap.
3: So new caps for that tour, and new caps, well... They were, they were, I'll tell you, of the
2: 35-man, maybe, squad, there was only two new caps that Eddie Jones brought in for that tour. Do you know who they were? Uh,
3: uh, hang on, hang on, hang on... Is it going to be like... Oh,
1: how many years back are we going? This is
3: 2016.
1: 2016. So it's seven eight years, years back.
3: Seven, seven, eight years One ago. is
1: still playing for El- England. Elliot Daly? Oh, no, he must have had no, caps. No, he must have had caps by then.
2: He had three caps, so not okay, many. So not many. Yeah, he was only 23 at the time.
1: Uh, what oh. about... Uh, Jamie George has already been involved, hasn't he? Jamie George was a good shout Jamie George
2: I yeah. oh, definitely, owed, he, definitely he, owed he had six caps at yeah. that point
3: okay. it's going to be an unhelded fly half I think I can't think of exactly who there
2: were there were only two fly halves that so, told so, so, so.
0: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care
3: it was it was a prop and a centre. Uh, was it someone like um, the guy who's gone from Harlequins to Bath, Boyce or something like that? No, the
1: prop is still playing now. Not Joe Marler. No, he can't have been. No, no. Cause he was he was only Lancaster. Yeah, not Will Stewart. He wasn't about then.
2: Uh, not Will Stewart. No, no. he was oh, twenty three at the time. Dan still Cole's playing now. Involved um, Henry Thomas. <laughs> well, hold on. In the World Cup The England hold World on, squ- just Squad now Carl Sinclair Sinclair Ah uh, yes. And a centre Who uh, Was uncapped At 29 And is no longer playing Because he's now Should 37
3: I? Yeah. Is it Jordan Turner Hall Or something No Big Luth No, he no. no.
2: And he was Only just Eligible To play Because he had just signed for an English team.
3: Uh, oh, how annoying! Hmm. It's going to be something for wasps, right? Not wasps. Just for an English team,
1: it's Sam Burgess.
2: No, this is twenty sixteen. No, okay. You said a centre.
1: I'm thinking, oh, I was centre. about to say Brad Shields, but that was the, he came in in the South Africa game the next year. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, not Brad. Oh, Shields. Oh, he's going to kill me now. Who you th- know, you know this, you know this boy well. We he, this boy has had. A lot of airtime on this podcast. Brad Barrett? Not Brad Barrett.
3: No, of course it's not Brad Barrett. Who? Sam Burgess? No. No, no, no. Because no, he was it's The year
2: after Sam Burgess, ah. he's like Sam Burgess Mark Two. Yes. Ben Tail. Ben Tail. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the only
2: two uncapped players. <laughs> <laughs> it's the peak <laughs> Wow.
1: That's if you're relatively new to the podcast, you have no idea what we're talking about. But go back and listen; it was a lot of fun. Yes ben was oh, I remember a... how annoyed JB was When Ben Tale got into the Lions After I predicted it He was fuming <laughs> ben Oh Tale.
2: Ben Teo w- Q-
1: You even went to the uh, That when, was you went to the Because I predicted Ben would Were getting the Lions And he did You were him. Q- you in Having inside information you you've, you you've have, been in
3: England you never, No one predicted the Lions You, you must <laughs> have flexed
1: uh, yeah, I predicted England World Cup squad, that's right. You were like, someone must have told you that. You must have got some insight. <laughs> must <laughs> off. You
3: must have. You must have. There's no way you looked at Ben Taylor. at Leinster. Yeah, that... he's going to go to Worcester. That's what's yeah. going to happen to him. Worcester and then England. No way. Ben Tio. So,
2: anyway, from all of that then...
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Which has nothing to do with this World Cup now. Yeah. Anyway. I th-
2: So I think the semi-finals that we've got, although there is some disagreement... That's uh, right, the quarter-finals that we've got. I think we've got Australia... Facing England. I think we've got Argentina facing Fiji. I think we've got, because um, I think we both picked it the other way around, Ireland facing France and New Zealand facing South Africa. Oh, those are tasty Now, we, I know you said you, you had some differences there, JB. You'd have uh, France facing Scotland. Yep. And you would have. God, in, France, Scotland
3: f- is dangerous for France. You'd have. It, it is. De- you'd have also word. have Australia if, facing if, Samoa.
1: If you were Andy Farrell. And you could Well you wouldn't want to do A club call like they did In rugby league And pick your opponent But if you If you could And keep it secret Who you'd picked So you, no one knew That you'd picked it Who would you pick As of your those, opponent Of those eight teams For the quarterfinals, quarter oh. Like France or New Zealand Because oh. I just Probably New Zealand I, I think I think both teams New South Zealand. Africa I think they both picked New Zealand as a match Yeah up. But South Africa France as a quarter final. I want to. See, I want to see South Africa play France after that game last autumn. One of the most brutal and brilliant rugby matches I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You, we're all fixated on the big teams, rightly so because they're great. I mean, they are great. It's f- so weird this World Cup because there are going to be two teams which, it, by some metrics, will be some of the great, some of the greatest ever teams. All oh, right. Yeah. Two teams. Yeah. So like definitely yeah, two three, South three Africa the France. Five. You might argue Ireland, OK? You might argue Ireland. I mean, they're certainly some of the best their, their nations have, a, have ever produced. But like, if you play them against the best All Blacks team, just their sheer power and size would probably be too much for them, right? I don't so, know.
1: Maybe. Well, when I look at Ireland, so just go through the Ireland team. Porter, Sheehan, Furlong, Tigburn, James, Ryan... Doris Omani, sorry, Van der Fleer,
3: It's like, or, or Conan in the. Sorry, I think
1: and it's like imme- It's an the, immense team.
3: So I think we're not. I think we're talking about diff- d- different. Oh, you were saying
1: here. if you take this island if team, you this
3: island team and put them against like the World Cup winning All Blacks. I think Ireland would probably have a bit, a bit too much for. Same with. Uh, so oh. Like, same with so like what I'm saying is you've got. Three oh right, teams. I see. Got, I thought you I thought you said the other. No, one. no, no. So we've got three teams here. Which could legitimately be the three. I mean, three the best teams. Is that because we're comparing
1: across eras, and we're talking about yeah, of course. So, so the the
3: twenty, the twenty twenty three, the All Blacks of their time were the most dominant team. Yeah, it's
1: hard to it's hard to compare eight years apart. Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah. So, but you should remember, like these three teams are. I mean, they are legitimately special. Yeah,
1: but those players, if they were eight years younger in that New Zealand team that won in twenty fifteen, would be. <laughs> <laughs> 12 If they were 8 years younger So they were all Of a of, At the same age They won in 20, 2015 But now Richie McCall Would be Better yeah, I mean, By look, the same if you get
3: Those players Today At that age Today I don't know With strength and conditioning And whatnot, and, and modern tactics And modern yeah. coaching yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know yeah. But I just think That these three teams Are legitimately special Even though one of them's going out So that's like One side of, of, of the World Cup And that's great The other side of the World Cup it's like the amount of teams that are going to get really close scares with all their frayed nerves, and there's going to be a few of them yeah. reaching the quarterfinals, thinking, "Jesus Christ, we were lucky to get out."
2: Yeah, there, the there, most will games. there will be four. There'll be four. Whoever yeah. makes
3: it out will be like count themselves lucky. They're going yeah. to be shell shocked. You're going to just get like two punch drunk fighters yeah. in the quarters, and then, and then they then, play each other. Yeah, and then they've got to go to the semis and get their ass kicked by. Well, that
1: that is the one downside of the lopsided draw. The quarterfinals are going to be amazing and really well matched. The semifinals could be. I, I, like the 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 momentum could just blow straight out of this World Cup at the semi-final well, stage. And you could think, do, but uh, then it picks th- up again th- in
2: the finals. But I, I think there's a risk of that. But like look back to the I'll just try to get the scores up. Look back to the 2019 Rugby World Cup South semi, Africa Wales semi-finals. The two semi-finals were really low-scoring. Like because mm. they are nervy positions. So there was it was 19-20 Oh no, sorry, that's the wrong one. So nineteen seven, 7 yep. and 16-19. So no team scored more than 20 points, no team scored more than 19 points. And if you think points. about
3: those semi-finals, they're like, low-scoring games. Those were that wasn't a good France team. And it was France-Wales in the semi. No, and no,
2: it was uh, South Africa-Wales in the semi. Oh,
3: sorry. 2019. Sorry. The year before last. Sorry, the World Cup before last, right? So it was like 9-6 or something. Pop that, and he misses a kick. Was Some that not, gets the red? That was 2011. That's oh, four years it? before that. Oh, right, Okay. So that's an example of two not very good teams, in my opinion.
2: Yes. Or two very nervy teams. But even even in that, that's a good example of the pressure of knockout rugby. Because in 2011, New Zealand were way better than that French team. Yeah. Mm. Dusautoir was a magician. He was best player on the planet, probably, in that tournament. Um, and he nearly won the final on his own for France. But Parkin-Ducatois, that France were in disarray. Levermont, the players revolted. Levermont couldn't coach anything. And they still nearly beat the All Blacks, who were head and shoulders above everyone else in the world at that time, because that's the pressure of World Cup semi-finals and finals. Yeah. So whoever makes it through, and it may well be Argentina and Australia... It could be Fiji and Wales. It could be England and Georgia. For all we know, like whoever makes it through will have a shot. Not a
3: great shot, but they will have a shot just because of the the pressure so of the occasion. This, yeah, I read this differently. I think that all of the, I think all the semi quarters go down in exactly that way because the good teams face the good teams, the, and bad, the bad teams face, face the bad teams. Bad teams, teams right? Yeah, and just, there's there's different types of pressure. There's like the high performance pressure to amazing teams, and you know what I'm trying to say the semis though i think are blowouts i think tim's right on that on that one so it just i just think if i only get, get, get to semis they're not going out, the I'd, love to see, I'd love to <laughs> see i'd love to see
1: france fiji in a semi
3: that would be fun that would be cool yeah france argentina fiji would be, would be cool. the ones right who i think would put up the best fight of these of the worst nations because they just roll the Are you sorry Fiji. I I think, think, uh, no Argentina. Argentina. Oh Argentina's got a good shot. Yeah.
1: They've they've got they've beaten all of uh, yeah, they've no, beaten every yeah. other team in the world. Or,
2: Orn- 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 so, l- so let's just yeah, run right. through because I've got on on our predictor. So we've got the the four matches. So Australia versus England. JB who's going through? Australia. Australia. England. I think England win that because of the because Australia is so inexperienced.
1: Oh, that our oh, uh, like that, would,
2: I, that would be a, some right, great storylines. So, story
1: so, there. Uh, so for that quarterfinal, I will be in in and around Marseille, and I will have the the option to go to the team hotel where they have to put up a coach and a couple of players for interviews and stuff. And awesome. I would I would be going. Uh, do you know what? If I had to pick, I'm going to go and chat to Eddie. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go see what Eddie's got to say. I just yeah, I'm I love Eddie. Dynamite! I love
2: him. <laughs> He's great. I miss him. So. Okay, I'm gonna put Australia through JB. I'm gonna side with you actually. Okay. So Australia go through to one semi. Then uh Argentina, Argentina Fiji. Fiji. I think it'd be Argentina. I think they'll have too much. Yep. Then we've got Ireland versus France.
1: <sighs> France. France. I think
2: France. And it does depend who they've got available, but France in France. Yeah. So and then close, New those. Zealand v. South Africa.
1: Yeah, South it's like rugby championship uh, matchup or Twickenham matchup. It could go either way. That one, it's, I think you they just... hate each other. Those two teams, <laughs> the two winningest teams in yeah, the World Cup, three
2: wins each in the big tournament.
1: Um,
2: oh, give me South Africa then. I, I know, I, I, know I said I know I said uh, France, New Zealand, but South Africa are going through that.
1: I mean, this is all hypothetical because yeah. this is all this is just
2: playing out. And then in this, then we have Australia, France. Repeat of the game we had a few weeks ago, and a repeat of the France. very
1: first ever World Cup semi-final. Mm. Mm. France.
2: France, France, and then Argentina, South Africa, South Africa, South Africa, France and France, South, South
1: Africa, Africa final. That would be great. Oh, it, that you know, would be amazing. Like, it would just be the a- any. I don't care what the final. Sorry, I'm talking everyone yeah. no, just no, getting no, excited. You, any final, be... final would be amazing. But that would be really, well, no, really England
3: fun. would be bad, wouldn't it? England, Wales would be bad. <laughs> uh, what, th- England, Wales would be bad. I'd take it as an Englishman. <laughs> I, I would. L- I'd hate Wales I, to win, I though. I hope. I hate Fran- both to win. Can they both
2: lose?
1: <laughs> now we've gone through that. Now I'm, I'm kind of, oddly hoping that France don't play Ireland in the quarterfinals. I, w- I, w- I would like to see, that being a final. I would like. So w- there's definitely a new name on the on the trophy. France it's- versus yeah.
3: France versus South Africa would be great because we can finally rip up. The notion that It's a skills game With collisions occasionally Or whatever they are If you like to say You can just look at these two scenes And go No It's about big men Fighting big men And smashing into contact Over and over And over I Again think, I think what Repeatedly
1: makes, I think They are both examples of Doing all of it
3: uh, yeah. I mean look There's a mixture Right But when you've got uh, Andre Esther Hayes Facing off against Jonathan, Jonathan Dante You're going to have to Really sell me on the priority here is skills it's
1: matchups everywhere in that Yeah, yeah. on and Khaleesi Two of like The most
3: amazing men And leaders In rugby and leaders And also Absolute savages That want to rip off your face Yeah Which you know Don't forget that Because yeah. that's how they got there Like you know Everyone treats them like They're kittens or Mar- You know Sweet Mar- puppies Mar- They're not Mar- They're Mar- absolute Mar- murderers
1: Marchand against Marx Atonio against Kitsoff Malurba against Bai All lovely men Oh, it's just amazing that that matchup.
3: Yeah, just that's what it's about. That is what it's about. You know, uh, Etzabeth's eyes bulging through his head against whoever whoever it is, whoever it is. Villiers versus Colby, Depont the Pont the, the Talon boy. I, yeah.
2: don't, I know Colby's not at Talon yeah. anymore, but the the Talon boys yeah, on the wings opposite
1: each other.
3: But you know, they only get to operate if their big boys do the job first. That's yep. you know, this, that's the law of the jungle. What what are
1: your general, uh, uh, if if that was the final, I say France are a new name on the Web Ellis Trophy. And that leads me to a question I was going to ask you. What are your kind of hopes or fears for the tournament? And I'll just lead off with that one. A hope of mine is that we emerge from the Rugby World Cup with way more people globally interested and engaged with the sport. And I think a France win would do that because in Antoine de Pont you've got a guy mm. that can carry the sport. Yeah, on his Yeah, I'm
3: really down on this. I'm afraid, and I just don't think the World Cup is the vehicle to grow the game. It's not the vehicle to get engagement. It's none of these things. It's a one-off. And the example I'd give is the Olympics. Everybody loves the hundred meters, but does anyone watch a Diamond League after after, after the hundred meters is over? Sadly, not. The answer to your question, Tim. Well, I, people people do. Like it's not no one.
2: is not a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent conversion rate. It's not a hundred percent. That's it. that is
3: true, but. It's not It's not 0% conversion rate either. Yeah, I just don't think it moves the needle. That's what I would say, because the backup product isn't there. So, like, the next offering isn't there for people. Whereas if you find yourself stumbling into, for instance, top 14... I, you know, I've stumbled into Super Rugby once when I was a young man, when... Super Rugby was really good, and I watched every single week. And that's what you need: you need a proposition that is well, open to people well, every single. Well, week.
1: okay. Well, these these things can bubble outwards. If France were to win the World Cup and Antoine Dupont was to be the the face of rugby, then the influence of the top fourteen and its many professional it leagues cr- below yeah. would be magnified even more. And other countries would look to that and take a lead from it.
3: Yeah, and I just don't think that's how it works. Unfortunately, I think the the better bet, you no, know, the better bet for engagement. Oh, God, I feel like I'm just um, ruining your whole point here. But the better the, the better one for engagement would have been, like, the Heading Cup 20 years ago when it was on Terrestrial TV and you know, people could watch this stuff. But, yeah, I don't think the World Cup's going to move the needle. I think it's going to be great for a few weeks. It'll cover up some deficiencies in the game, which will continue to fester and rot, and we're still on the same road to oblivion regardless. That's, That's a lovely, happy, happy,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. happy thought. But you kind of want that to happen, though. So I think... That-
3: no, I do. well look, it's a risky strategy, right? It's like I hook my house burns down so I can build a better one, right? <laughs> so it's very, very risky because there's no guarantee I could build a better one. Mm. Um, I don't, no, I'd, I'd like it just to get better. But the fact of the matter is it won't under this leadership and it won't under this culture, frankly, so it needs to have something absolutely radical happen to it. Um, if we want to save the game? Save, yeah, save the game you love.
1: Yeah, because yeah. the, the game's going to exist.
3: R- it, r- rugby's going to be here. It D- will not. It will. It will not, Tim. Rug- rugby will be here. In, okay, uh, agreed to disagree on that. Okay. Professional rugby will not be... I didn't say... Pro- I, I, I've just said, I, all I said was rug- rugby's going to be here. It's
1: yeah, like but, it's like know, Wasps. Wasps are still going to be at a club. London Irish is going to be a club. Okay. And actually... And, and Joe, I'm 100%... And one of our listeners, um, Joe... Oh, Joe... oh what's the... I'm just getting the name. I'm... Sorry, Joe, I've just forgotten your surname and I wanted to get it right. Um... Oh, man, friend of the pod. Uh, London Irish fan Sorry Joe Excellent Irish fan Oh man <laughs> I can't find Anyway Joe Got in touch to say That London Irish Amateurs Got a massive crowd Against Farnham this weekend oh, Wonderful that's Look good. if
3: you think Rugby's going to exist like, you So know, sorry same, Joe like, In like the same way That Wasps will exist I back you 100% there <laughs> you know, We are agreeing Because that's the one I think, I think it, it will come to you know wasp London Irish summoners. That's where it will be. There'll be a hardcore of people that want the game to succeed, but yeah, you know, we're not seeing. Joe Riley, Joe sorry, Riley. Joe Riley,
1: it came to
2: me. Sorry, Joe Riley, a sorry, friend, friend, friend of Riley. the pod, friend of the pod. Should no. no. have just said Joe Riley.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should have just said Joe
2: Riley. <laughs> By the <laughs> way,
3: have you seen some of our other emails from this week? There been some belting emails.
1: Well, let's, let's conclude this though. Hopes and fears. So, so I've put one hope forward that we have uh, maybe a new name on the trophy. Uh, and or, yeah. or at least a person who can inspire, c- can carry rugby on their shoulders for, for the foreseeable. I think yeah. in Antoine de Pont, we have got uh, well, uh, quite possibly the greatest player ever to play rugby playing rugby right now.
3: Yeah, I think that. It's I yeah, so not just hyperbole. That, we should all want France to win because yeah. someone needs to carry this game forward. And I think the only people that can really logically do it would be the French. I think South Africa winning is great for that team. It's a great rugby nation, but as an actual sovereign state, it's an absolute disaster. Like pinning, pinning your hand, pinning your hopes on anything South African is not uh, a good.
1: Ireland winning <laughs> would be a, a good yes, a, a, a good message one. for long term, thoughtful, planning and, yeah, ex- and execution. I totally agree
3: with that as well. Actually, so Ireland, France, Ireland and France. Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're just thinking about rugby, you want Ireland and France to win this. Yeah, or Fiji. Or, yeah, oh what a story can you imagine yeah or fiji do you know weirdly fiji might be the team that actually grow the sport the most in our markets yeah that would be, might the one. be yeah and, and other markets as well yeah that really captures the imagination like you can imagine that being covered that's in america movie. that's a
1: film yeah
3: yeah yeah it, the it really film bar, yeah exactly so but sadly i don't think that's there. it could do uh, it's not
1: impossible but it's unlikely it's unlikely but um a fear i have
3: is that England winning the world cup.
1: Uh, well no well, one f- yeah well, okay we'll so we'll get onto that. Well yeah so one point on that quickly is is there a danger because of the lopsided draw that England managed to get themselves to a semi-final and then it's then the changes that that are necessary and, yes. and the lessons that need to be learned don't get learned don't 100%, happen.
3: That is exactly I, the danger.
1: There is but For as a wider
2: point, as an RFU point, rather than specifically a Borthwick point, just because I have faith in Borthwick, although I obviously expressed my concern with the wider coaching setup previously. I would
3: genuinely love Borthwick to win a World Cup. He's a great guy. I just think, like, you know, maybe not this World Cup, but a World Cup. I think he's the kind of guy who I'd just really like to see win it. And I say the same a lot, you know, a lot of this England team I'd like to see be, be successful but it's that wider thing, isn't and, it?
1: And on the Borthwick point, because he's, he's copping a lot of heat at the minute, and I think maybe deservedly so for the reasons Phil pointed out last week that he has hired a very inexperienced coaching team of coaches, which may be a bit green behind the ears. However, I would also point out Clive Woodward didn't do very well in his first World Cup, mm. not, not steamrolled by Joan Lomu well, in a quarterfinal.
2: Yeah, he's got to tread quite a fine line because if he does too badly, he... Uh, might not live to see another World Cup, might not live what to see another Six Nations. <sighs> but well, who knows what they'd do, um, whether they can afford it or not. If, but if, it, if he does if he too no, well, if enough people, if,
1: if enough d- people and pundits and ex pros tweet and talk enough, it'll happen. It's,
2: yeah.
3: I, I just don't know. I, I kind of disagree because the Borfitts go so early, Sweeney has to go early. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd sacrifice both it, for Sweeney. It, anyway. So I would tell you who would sacrifice both, both for Sweeney, Bill Sweeney, Bill Sweeney, definitely.
1: <laughs> so, but one one of my fears is that uh, cards and a, a, a margin a marginal high tackle is going to now, have a disproportionately massive impact on this World Cup.
2: Yeah, and I I've made the point previously that I don't think a single card is as big as people think. I don't think a single card ruins a game unless you've got a mismatch of teams anyway, and it just acts, acts, um, exacerbates well, the, a mismatch. The, this, but yeah. they, I think they, I think there are two problems. One, you will have um, you, there's risk of multiple cards that does uh, multiple yeah. cards totally changes a game. Like teams do train for 14 men, they do not train for 13 men, and even if you do, there's just too much space. Oh. Um, and the other thing is. The inconsistency of the decision making and the complexity of the decision making process look at the look at the Owen Farrell decision yellow upgraded to red, downgraded back to yellow and then upgraded back to red again uh, for, for a single time chuck in a
1: third element Phil is that the suspensions now world, world rugby do not uh, make any differentiation between a World Cup quarter final and a premiership cup game. Against even Ofici- tra- e- trail they don't. officially they don't. But no, officially they don't. But that <sighs> imagine that. Imagine a marginal a marginal high tackle Antoine Dupont makes in a World Cup semi final, and he gets a red card. But France managed to get through, and he doesn't play in the final. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the, this sort of stuff. I just rugby doesn't help itself with this sort of thing
3: well it's, it's nonsense isn't it the whole high tackle debate is nonsense michael Alwyn perfectly summarized it uh, interestingly someone brought up um subconcussive hits today on some form was it, maybe it might have even been progressive rugby they mentioned uh, do you hear the story today like, we've got to west um alex popham let's
1: just conclude the world cup thing firstly so any more hopes and fears for the world cup nope that 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 is a big fear. The, okay. the cards,
3: Car- yeah. yeah, cards could. Re- yeah. No, right. hopes,
1: the hopes we,
2: we've covered. Uh, uh, yeah. just just a good tournament, like right? yeah. close games. Not too many. We we will Still get when game. when New Zealand play Namibia. You're going to yeah. get a I 90 really, point I win.
3: I do hope that people follow the storylines. You know, yeah, I hope that people. I hope that the storylines are communicated by the press well. I hope yeah. by the commentary team well. I hope that they don't employ idiots like Brian Moore to say, "Well, the right France team showed up today." Or, you know, pundits to say things like, oh, well, that fearsome England pack when they're not, you know, I want them to tell the actual story of uh, of the teams and who, well, uh, I mean, who they are. Well,
1: I mean, new media is where it's at for that podcasts and exactly, YouTube, YouTube right. and stuff.
3: Hey, if you want to find out where, where the narratives are at, YouTube. Yeah, well, yeah, well, so uh, on that, I was picking
1: some of the games I was going to, and on that game where England are playing Chile, I went, well, I don't, I'm not interested in that. Whereas Argentina, Samoa in St Etienne, that's. That's where there could that, be a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's the sort. Of, that's the sort of stuff I'm hunting down.
2: So you just made me think. I've been listening to um, the Nike episode of Acquired today. Worth listening? to? Very much so. If you've if you read, if you read Shoe Dog, no, I haven't. Uh, so Shoe Dog, I, mean, would, no. I think I've recommended before. It's Shoe Dog's brilliant. Uh, uh, which is the book, the memoirs of Phil Knight, the, one of the founders of Nike. Uh, the, probably. Not officially the founder, because there was Bill Bauman as well, but one of the two main guys, and he was the main guy. Anyway, that stops pre-Jordan. So that stops in like the late 70s, early eighties, whereas acquired, so shoe dog doesn't go on yeah, to okay. doesn't go into Jordan, doesn't go on to the nineties, doesn't go on to the, the scandal with the sweatshops in East Asia or not any of that stuff, but it doesn't go into good and bad. And they're talking about Nike's strategy. With basketball, particularly from a business strategy perspective, and it's to back the players, not the teams. Yes, because the players are bigger. Each player, they they are like they describe them as being like Netflix shows. Each because each player has their story, and these players are bigger than the leagues. And in some instances, is bigger than the sports. Like Michael Jordan's earnings through the Nike deal, the Jordan brand. It's. um Twenty, thirty, forty 40x his playing earnings incredible isn't it is, he was saying that Jordan Brand is growing at 35% per year revenue growth for Nike <laughs> 20 years after he finished playing That's incredible, it's isn't unbelievable it? well, yeah, he's, yeah.
3: he's picking up 5% when I that. first heard or was aware of the name Jordan right? he was still playing but it was more synonymous with the actual sh- oh, it was unclear to me yeah. what the link was
2: to yeah, the to basketball yeah. player It's just the Jordan Jordan, yeah So anyway, my point is that the story there are there will be amazing storylines in the games in the teams, but actually, Tim, to your point about Antoine Dupont, Dupont, who is this um, this amazing player, and also has a little bit of fun and has some charisma, Uh, he has the and he's captain in France in a home World Cup. The individual storylines I want to see a little bit more of, uh, so I'm hoping that is covered we will do our best to cover it, but I'm hoping it's covered elsewhere as well.
1: Like Awuini Antonio's story is incredible. Yeah. Picked up, like, yeah. like playing like third division rugby when he was just travelling around France and yeah. he was part of a, An a, acting a, a Shakespeare acting <laughs> trip with his brothers. Yeah.
3: thing is with Awuini Antonio is, I guess the amazing part of the story is that guy wasn't picked up sooner. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like he was Look a talented Scrum Horst. Yeah. I mean, He's a big piece of furniture. Uh, 6 foot 5, 150 kg. Yeah, how did you <laughs> How did you know he was going to be good? <laughs> so yeah, 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 that's the story. Why was he not picked up?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. There we go. That's your rugby world cup which um of course uh, I can't wait to I cannot wait. So when do you fly? Tuesday. Tuesday che- oh. Tuesday to Paris. Yeah. And then pick up the camper van from the Ford headquarters there. Very nice. nice. And then I've got to get my way to Marseille over the next couple of days. Basically oh my word! England, which is a long you know, old it's drive. A big country, yeah. It's about it's about seven. It's about eight hours driving. It's more than that. I
3: would have thought it's more. Than, I don't. don't I actually think know.
1: it's about eight hours driving. Yeah. I
3: think you're on 12, 13, surely. So I've I've
2: driven from uh, the Dordogne down to Toulouse, and that was
3: about six hours. Do not get caught speeding.
1: No, no, I don't intend
3: to. I'm no, no, do not. I do not even consider. You're in a camper, camper van. You'll be
1: yeah. I, well, No, one thing I've been told. I think I might mention this before. I've been I've been warned by the the people from uh, Ford. So they're, they're lending me this Transit Nugget thing, which is like their version of a uh, the California tra- thing? The, the California yeah. yeah kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, they've said, "Oh, sorry, it, it's coming from Germany. So just you know, sorry about that." I was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Oh, we'll have German stickers on it. So you'll get you'll get loads of you'll get loads of shit from people on what? <laughs> yeah." They, they, really? They've said if, uh, Apparently if you're, if you're German With German plates on you You get loads of people Just like sticking the finger up oh, at you Oh really like, Kind still... of
3: like if you've got English plates driving Through parts of Wales Like Carnarvon or something Yeah
1: maybe So there's obviously like Still some deep rooted stuff I, mean, may, uh, I can imagine If you were going through uh, That said Every single village Or we're town done. I've been to In France <laughs> has, um, has little monuments So like, they were properly occupied So I was yeah, driving yeah,
3: yeah. At, Around Salford the, the other day As one does and I passed a road called Verdun Street. Now, you know what Verdun is. I mean, you must you, know what Verdun you know is. Verdun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but a lot of people don't know what Verdun is. Yeah. Uh, it just took me down the rabbit hole of reading about the Battle of Verdun again. And if you haven't read <sighs> about it, just bring it up and read it. And it, it, it blows your mind. Yeah, It's amazing those two countries can actually coexist. Yeah. even yeah. Hundreds of years, uh, 100 plus years on. I so, mean, it's just incredible.
2: So it's 800 kilometres. Uh, although... That's, that is about eight hours if you're doing eighty kilometers. Uh, it'll be ten hours if you're doing eighty of kilometers an hour. It'd be uh, eight hours if you're doing a hundred kilometers yes. per hour. Um, so if you're doing a hundred kilometers per hour, which is about 60, 60 miles an hour, sixty two ish miles an hour, no breaks, you'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I've got. Um, I'm going to stop on. Um, so I'm going to stop on the Tuesday night somewhere.
2: You, yeah, you, your route takes you directly through Leon as well.
1: Yeah. And then I'm gonna, and then I'll uh, on the we, uh, basically on the wet on the. I want to arrive in Marseille Wednesday night, and then on the Thursday I'll be going to the Marseille Airport Hilton Hotel where the England team will be arriving
3: nice. oh, I nice. think about you, Tim, which uh, people don't know, but I I do. You're a very good driver when hungover, <laughs> so you will so you'll be fine. To get up early and ju- and just get moving. <laughs>
1: um, the, the other <laughs> World War One battle, the world, my favourite World War One battle to read about. Just because it's like the stories are mind-blowing. Passchendaele. I've not actually read that. It's it. It was like the weather was horrific. So, and where there'd been so many, um, so many shells dropped, there were huge craters, and there was so much rain that the craters filled up with water (sighs) to the point that the allied the allied forces used duck boards to get across. Oof. Towards the towards the the German front line, so you can imagine like the German guns, basically like these Allied guys are walking on bits of wood, which means like, can't, they they can't dodge and yeah. there's there's this un, oh there's this word. unbelievable story um, and you can't undulate,
3: like, can you? can't use yeah, terrain
1: features. The, the New Zealand team uh, was somewhere near some of these battlegrounds, so, so they they went and visited some of this, and that's one of the things I'd like to do while I'm in France is go and visit some of this. Yeah, I think. But um, the the Passchendaele one just haunts me this there's, there's, there's this account from a soldier basically one guy f- sort of slipped into one of these holes crater and he and he got stuck in them he got stuck in the mud couldn 't get out of th- this crater oh, no. Which had water in it as it fills up and and basically he was at, uh, and he wasn't in a position where anyone could could help him because they they were on these duckboards and basically the soldier gave an account of over several days, walking back and forward past this guy as he just got slightly higher. The water was slightly oh, higher. Oh my higher god, I would. know it's just like some of the shit we complain about, and just read some World War One accounts. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's, well,
2: passionate because the battle that I would always go to would be Ypres, yeah. And Passchendaele is like yeah. adjacent to or part of the yeah. Ypres region, and it's you just look at the numbers of casualties yeah. that are, it's unbelievable
3: yeah, it's um, just mind blowing yeah linking to military stuff we got one of the best emails I think mm. I've ever ever read. oh I love this yeah yeah yeah. so I mentioned the other day about you know generals getting fired now I'm not going to read the whole email because it is a long old email and I don't like reading emails in its entirety because I'm just not very good at picking out the best parts but I'm just trying to find who sent it because he just deserves a shout out Anyway, uh, ex-army captain. Um, It's just it was genuinely one of the most enjoyable emails that I have ever ever had. It was, and it was. Have you got the the name? David F. Heathcote. Is it? I don't know. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. David F. F. Uh, Heathcote. Thank you very much. I absolutely love that email. Captain Captain,
1: now retired.
3: Captain retired.
2: Well, I I love the point because it's he puts so much flesh on the bones of a point that we often make, without having the the detailed knowledge behind it, around a peacetime number eight, and a yes. wartime number eight, like, which we kind of flippantly joke about, but knowing that there is something behind there. But the phrase he used was the regulators and disruptors. That's it, yes. So he says, and this this has great analogies for business as well, like the regulators in, in peacetime, and I'm probably butchering it, so apologies David, um, but in peacetime... Basically, you want men who will follow the process. Yeah. Who will follow the company line. Who will maintain the infrastructure and the institutions. Yes. And they're all well and good in a peacetime operation. But as soon as you're in wartime, that is no good. Because sometimes some of those um, institutions and functions and processes are not fit for purpose. Yep. Some of them need to be ripped up and started again. Mm. And sometimes you just don't have the time or the the facilities. Yeah, they're they're fit (laughs) for a different purpose. And you have to bring in the disruptors and it's it, it's a great lens that regulators and disruptors lend to look at things through yeah, yeah. and it, it,
1: it, and uh, captain now retired captain david F. heathcote um uses the example of the england players and says because it, the england squad is full of
2: regulators
1: c- regulators there will be none of this so-called um revolt as there was in 2007 yes because none of the guys who well none of the disruptors are in there. It's all company men that are there. So he doesn't expect it to happen. And there's a lot of people been talking about this. And Owen Slot did a really interesting article basically saying, come on the Owen Farrell, this is your time to lead. Yes, I saw that. But it was quite a good article, actually. But, but also in the same article saying, basically making the same point. So, he's, he's a good company man. He's, he's, it's not going to happen. And he's so got a
2: history with both. as well,
3: right?
1: So this might oh, be... oh, and everyone's defending their own position because it's worth quite a lot of cash.
3: And, well, and to we also there. look at like the smaller nations... So uh, you know, I have been on record of criticising England for not getting lads like Tomkins and mm-hmm. Harris, and you know, but also I'm full of praise for lads like uh, Finn Russell, who would never have made England just because of his sh- because his body shape, mm. but because of you, you've got a narrow playing pool to pick from. Maybe you inadvertently do pick these disruptor types. Well, Whereas the whole point of England is you have got a huge playing pool. It's and it's a bit of the money ball argument. Like
2: they, once you look past the. Like slightly unusual ath- um, aesthetics. You look at the stats and you look at their ability. England picked well, Thomas Wardrum.
1: <laughs> yes, they did. They did. Yes, they they did. did. True,
2: very true. Um, yeah, whereas with England because if you've got a, you've got two players who stats or on the face it they might appear to be roughly as good as each other, they pick the uh, the aesthetic one rather than yep. the one who looks like he's. P.S. has like
1: Got given many more chances than he probably deserves.
2: Yeah, yeah, England are not the only ones to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and for someone who is as physically capable and impressive as PSB's, you're going to give him a few chances.
3: Yeah, we must have had something like 30 emails this week. Uh, at least. I've read every one of them. The quality of the emails that are coming through... <laughs> Or really because you know, we might not mention them by name, but actually gives it gives us so much content and thoughts throughout the week to actually you know structure Pass conversations. Off to that road. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so this is a bit everyone's been waiting for. There's some actual rugby this weekend, boys. Who's excited? Uh, well the top fourteen's been going on for two weeks, JB, and you've not you've not watched a game as we've know Because far as we all, all know that's not where it's at. So <laughs> as hard as I tried to walk away from the game last year, I'd had a few um, pre-season games wasn't feeling it the first weekend of club rugby yeah i wasn't involved oh. and i'm looking at the scores and i tell you what i am do you itching to get back in the back? what, what, what i
1: want to know with that context is do you think you will use that experience of having gone so hard for weeks and weeks months and months i'm giving up that's it i'm done i'm done it's over it's over and now you're not do you think you will take that forward and maybe temper some of those no strong reactions
3: no I think that's no, a nonsense no. idea yeah. uh, because, JV temporary those yeah, It's not, like, not <laughs> only that so the way I look at my rugby now like, I wanted to quit this podcast I'm not really that interested in rugby but on the other hand I have done it for 10 years and I think what my duty is now is to document the demise of the game because if I disappear tomorrow right the podcasts that are, are out there at the moment, with a similar size li- listenership to us, I mean there are some niche ones that talk nonsense, but like a similar size you know, s- uh, podcast which is actually take- taken seriously, I don't think they do cover the demise of the game in the same way that we do. And I don't think they cover the club game or the grassroots game nearly as good as us. Mm. So I do have that sort of duty to do something. I, and also, I, I agree. With I don't want to let down. Yeah. I'm not. If it wasn't, if it wasn't my mates, if I'd moved to say Coventry or somewhere, I would not be seeking a new club. I would not be playing. But the fact is, you do miss the clubhouse, and that's kind of the most cynical, sinister part of England. Is they know that you're hooked on going down to see mates, so and they're just relying on that that you'll car- that, that that you'll carry on going. And sadly, that's probably exactly what I'm going to do.
1: I do. Um, I, I I think I, lo- I love your passion. I, I guess one of the. Okay, we're just having like a discussion live on the podcast. I suppose this is what we're like with our with our audience. We, we involved the minute. Um, I guess the, the the only issue may be Documenting the demise of rugby It means you may well end up Fishing in a smaller and smaller pool of listeners Because
3: that's not the sort of thing people want to hear about Well we're going to have a smaller and smaller pool anyway I think mm. you know, I just don't think so, uh, no, was, no, Our numbers have been stable Yeah because we're good at what we do But um, you know, I was talking to a guy in a barbecue yesterday Who is your classic uh, Your classic t- um, Casual rugby fan Played at Bourneville threes for uh, uh, for a bit. Really, really enjoyed his experience. Loved going to watch Six Nations. He says he's, he's on the verge of a World Cup, and just, no one's really talking about it. Like he used to go with all of his mates to watch big internationals. No one's doing that. You take you know, used to take the girls. He used to take a few mates who were just fo- football fans, and everyone everyone would love it. And they've just slowly stopped. And we had a good half an hour about Owen Farrell, of all people. He's like, well, if that's what the game is, I don't want to watch it. And I think a lot of people. F- f- Feel like that what, Owen Farrell No No His oh, right. treatment for the red card Oh I see So like if, Oh yes if, So if that's a red card This isn't well, a game film, that
1: That's the point Phil made the other week Like when he chatted to casual rugby fans Who don't aren't up to speed with The nuances of every intricate Yeah if you're part not engaged The tackle the, the protocol framework yeah. flowchart. They're like What's
3: going on mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the authorities are Completely neglecting the needs Of, needs of the game Um yeah, so I, I think there probably will be a, a smaller pond I'm quite comfortable with that uh, But we're going to have to document the demise of the whole thing There was some g- Ruby this weekend Yes And so Sedgley Park I
2: didn't
1: see Sedgley score got Back in a, National absolute, League 1 Famous win a Famous win Back yeah. in League 1 against Richmond They got a, promoted Richmond got relegated it was, at, it was at Park And Richmond were down by 9 points with...
2: So essentially we're down by essentially, nine Essentially
1: sorry We're down by nine points With about four minutes to go
3: Yeah
2: Wow And scored a try in the 77th minute And then an 80th plus minute penalty To win 32-31
3: Crikey that is a big win Yeah Did a friend of the pod Ben Black play? Uh,
2: well, I'd not checked the team But last time I spoke to him I think he was going to retire Oh no He's not, not going to um,
3: play on this season But I don't, Did don't you actually to know to play for? So I, I spent... The best part of half an hour today trying to persuade Jake Cooper Woolley <laughs> to come down to Talk H to take my position. You know, greatness <laughs> deserves to be replaced <laughs> by <laughs> greatness. <laughs> and he's thinking of going, do you know, to which club?
2: Uh which club well, we do know. would pay massively over the odds for uh, players. Although perhaps not massively over the odds, <laughs> <With laughs> Jake Cooper Woolley. I wouldn't say he's uh, over
3: the odds. Uh our friends at Rosendale. Rosendale, allegedly. So mm. Rosendale could be going to war with uh Jake Cooper Woolley, um Barry McWiggan played this week, and Denny Solomona, Denny Solomona at thirteen. That's a fearsome proposition for level five. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're still on the hunt. If if you want if you want cash and you want it now, I'd go to Rosendale. But no, on a serious note, uh, we played Rosendale last year in um in the cup and it's a really nice club I, I did enjoy it there and good on them for wanting a bit of a bit of ambition mm. you know you need people so as we tra- talking to um, uh,
1: no I'm, I'm I'm not sure I agree that splashing out loads of cash at level 5 is a good thing for for the well, sport ultimately it
3: is their in, money
1: invest in the infrastructure
3: well the, I, I do make this joke about yeah. that like why are you paying 400 quid for a back row Get some floodlights When you don't have floodlights. Okay. the floodlights Get some fucking yeah. floodlights But you know If you want to spend your money that way You spend your money that way. Maybe you'll get floodlights At, le- at level four uh, You know I, I don't know how that works
1: Well Byron McGuigan got four tries Did he <laughs> <laughs> Go on Byron Against Wirral 61-33 win Good lad 61-33 Big high scoring game Yeah Defence optional Ninety-four point. What the question, the, JV uh, Like more, more importantly, about any result is how is the tackle law thing bedding in? From what you've seen, so or heard? I have
3: not spoke to many lads at Talk H this week about their game. <sighs> Judging by our score, it didn't bother them one bit. Um, some, uh, one of our friends in North Wales had a yellow card for it. It seems to be. Well, actually, I did hear from um, the Assball game. So Assball this year going to be very, very good at level seven in 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 the northwest. And their conclusion was the refs are going to use it to level up the game. So they were twenty points up in like ten minutes, ten minutes in, um, and then all of a sudden high shots started raining in. And the other one I heard was now Aspel is rugby league territory, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It's Wigan. They like to hit high. They do like they've
2: been taught. They've been
3: taught the proper way from the traditional age. way, <laughs> the <They're laughs> traditional high. northern way, hit and um, stick. And someone else told me as well that oh yeah, um, as we as talking to some boys in Aylesbury because Aylesbury won. Um, Great win for Aylesbury Morlow lost I'm afraid to say Tim Yeah I know my boy's lost But um, Tell you what is happening 11th of November There's no other rugby going on 11th of November Morlow Aylesbury At Aylesbury Oh, no, big game you know, If you think that the World Cup's exciting That's because you've not been to <laughs> Marlow Aylesbury So uh, we'll have a full full rundown of that game As and when it happens Rafi um, <laughs> Raffy Quirk's Broughton Park the, yeah, up With a win so, Sorry, Ooh. just to just yeah, f- yeah, f- finish off on that Aylesbury were very much of the opinion That first half didn't exist Second half it massively existed So refs are just They're struggling with it as much as anyone else the point, I mean it just comes down to the, the point Like why do it why Why do it if it's going to make no difference whatsoever? Yeah. You know, both with enforcement, both with injury. Like The whole thing is an absolute farce. So, sorry, Raffi Quirks, brought on Park, did, did, did what? Got a win against Wilmslow, first game of the season. Right, so people need to pay attention to this. Level 7 this year, Toc H's League. We have two teams in there. Now, just to give you an idea of the scale... I mean, actually, I'm not the guy to give you an idea of the scale. How good were Wilmslow back in the day, Tim?
1: how good oh that that was wilmslow had international players my, my old man was uh, um a policeman in uh, in manchester and wilmslow was his club and he regularly tells stories about going on the piss with steve smith who was the england yep. hooker and what was the name of the scrum half no, Steve Smith is a scrum-off. Oh, uh, Steve Smith is a scrum half. Yeah. No, no, no. No, Steve Smith was
3: a... No, definitely scrum-off. Scrum-off.
1: There was an England hooker as well. I can't remember the name. There was an England hooker who played for Wilms as
3: well. They were one of the top teams. Do you know why I know Steve Smith was a scrum-off? Yeah. Steve Smith is directly responsible for the success of Cell Sharks. Because he introduced Simon Orange to rugby. Uh, that's yeah. all I know.
1: Yeah, so, and... and Wilmslow versus Broughton Park was historically massive a massive game Because you had Tony Neary, the England open side Steve Smith, the England scrum half And it was a big grudge match
3: So Tony Neary, can I say what happened to Tony Neary?
1: Well, uh, he, he his name isn't up in the Broughton Park club anymore let's It's just not, is it? <laughs>
3: it's not, maybe look it up um, But yeah, Tony Neary, um, huge huge name around here Broughton Park was a massive club these, uh, these were the two biggest numbers of clubs There's a story going around, well, that went around at Wilmslow that one, Will Carlin sh- showed up to play, introduced himself, expected to get in the first team. Said, "No, you may not play." So like, that's that's how go- how good they were back in the day. Both of those clubs have found themselves at level seven with Talk H. Hmm. Talk H. Tell a story back in the day of um, Broughton Park. This is when you had no substitutes, right? Broughton Park didn't have a fullback, so the regular thing was just to phone around the local clubs and get the best player that you could. So they just phone up to talk H Saying we need your fullback today but No matter what you were doing You had to send your fullback To Broughton Park And now I'm looking forward To smashing them everywhere Yeah When, is,
1: when is Broughton Park to talk H? I'm genuinely interested In that fixture
3: About five Five or six weeks time I think It's good I can't wait for that game that, That's probably 50% of the reason that I still want to play <laughs> That one game Peak JB Yeah they're going to be good They are They They always bounce back From level 7 but you've got, some, you've got some good teams there now. Mm. Real good teams. Yep, it's all very exciting stuff. It, it, It's the local stuff which gets me much more excited than World Cups and Premiership and, and, and whatnot. Much, much more excited. Mm. Uh,
1: Alex Popham, you wanted to talk about
3: as well? Yeah. A, a very sad story in some ways, but kind of like, it just proves the point, doesn't it? So if you're not following the story of this absolute grift of an organisation, Progressive Rugby, now, what their motives are? I mean, they'll say... I don't know what the motives are. You,
1: if you just, like... Again, it's just... When you preface stuff and, and put names around it, like, you, a lot of people just turn off, whereas, actually, if you just present the facts... Well, the, well we don't know what... Uh, like, this absolute grift of an organisation. Just, okay, just so, say so, so, progressive okay. rugby.
3: No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't know why we need the lectures about... How to communicate things Because also Because well, I want you to, to No, no, because Tim Like, what, argue look, your point on the merits No, because the merits are irrelevant, largely Right, so the merits of an argument don't really matter When there's a psychopath with high heels That manages to get, um... Extra chiefs to spend millions of pounds changing their bra- branding because all that they did was sling insults and innuendo at them. You learn the lesson the hard way, don't you? You don't. You don't persuade anybody. That's Except I'm they
1: did, Tim. They did. They won. No, no, no you like... you
3: don't persuade anyone so by tacti- going for pejoratives. So, hang on, so and you think the so, so you think the tactics right of calling Extra chiefs racist over and over and over again but, 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 they didn't work. You're arguing a different point. They didn't work. I'm saying, I'm they saying, I'm homin- saying
1: when you go ad hominem. So, so
3: when, so when I use those tactics, they won't work. But when other people do they do work but they, they they argued a lot more than just that didn't they no their whole the whole <laughs> basis of their argument was they're racist they're racist they're racist no, they're racist but
2: it was it's causing offense it was a lot more nuanced than that that no, was just basically it, racist. now than- it wasn't
3: much more nuanced than that but it wasn't, but much it, wasn't
2: more. It, it was yeah so what, like, what i'm it, saying
1: is that the facts i right, think stack right, up in so, your so favor all right a so bit- if us
3: to do the non nuanced one progressive rugby yeah. or money money grabbing <laughs> grifters if us to do the if I was to do slightly more, more nuanced than that, sorry, the, the less nu- nuanced version, the more nuanced version is they are an organisation interested in raising money for people who have suffered brain damage through rugby or something like that, which of course is nonsense. They are a pressure group. They are, they are a pressure group interested in cash. That's it that's it and they use really really dodgy tactics and the tactics are basically this which is we must in- engage in a dialogue in rugby until we get exactly our way we, you must be educated until you think in exactly the right way and should you not engage with them or should you not do exactly what they say they slay exactly what you said tim the things that don't work ad hominems and insults and innuendo well, at everyone and well, it does work when well,
1: they go low you go high it, Fuck I, that Who, who okay. do you want Michelle okay. Obama
3: Yeah well. Like, like has you, Have you seen an, A single incidence when this has ever worked Right And also It's not as if I'm not presenting the facts These are the facts Yeah right. I, th- I, if think, you I, solic- I
1: think at the moment uh, if you dealing- I think at the moment Vivek Ram- Ramaswamy Is a brilliant example Of someone who's doing Exactly this He's just, he, he's not,
3: he's... Um... Well, I don't want to go into the weeds on US no. presidential um, No, but, th- well, so there's but exactly like, the if, if I'm looking, right, at an organisation that does nothing but sling mud, ad hominems and in, in, in innuendo, and I'm to talk about that in an objective manner, you would call them grifters, because that is the objective word for it. That is, you know, you're not talking about a sincere organisation, and yet here they are, Given airtime by BBC Five Live You know, influencing the debates They're doing all the things that people Who don't engage in these things don't get to do So this is this. Is, so if everyone okay. gets to know them as like Concussion grifters, which is exactly what they are They oh. are trying to oh. utilise oh, okay. The misfortune of others, okay. the medical misfortune Of others, in order to push pu- push, uh, uh, push their agenda
1: I, I just, okay, what, what I'm saying is when, when they speak the way you're describing they speak, they talk to the 20-30% of people who already agree with them. And I'm, all I'm saying to you is when you talk the way you but talk... that's all they need to you, do. No, no, no. no. Yeah, but when, when you talk, all you do is confirm the opinions of the 20-30% to 30 people, uh, percent of people who agree with you. And I, 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 and I agree largely with you,
3: but if you, if you, just, act with a, if you just... If 20-30% if to 30% of those people okay. right, were actively engaged okay. and actually made the, right. or, made, no, made no, enough noise, you might be able to save the game. As it happens, the reasonable people the silent the silent majority they just sit there and take it, mm-hmm. and the people that are making the noise to him or the psychopaths in high heels calling extra chiefs um racist over and over again it, you know, it's nearly bankrupt them, and that's one of the best clubs in the entire country like that makes no sense, so if you're willing to stand on the sidelines and let it all I think go, go to hell on principle you, know, you may do that no I think
1: there's I think there's somewhere between standing on the sidelines and let it go into to hell quote unquote and calling someone a psychopath in high heels I think there's somewhere okay. in the middle that that exists
3: I don't but, think okay, I'm not sure on. there is I'm not sure okay. there is alright <laughs> fair enough um so fair enough <laughs> yeah that's that's where I am uh, with that. so um this is actually quite a sad story. So we'll get to kind of a sad story. Well, it, it, it sort of it, proves it, the point, doesn't it? Which I, is everything I mean, has a risk. It is a sad story. Yeah. So Alex Popham was doing a Ironman or triathlon. Yeah. Ironman or triathlon today. Now he gets kicked in the head um, in his swim com- in, the, in the swim po- portion, suffers a, a concussion and, and, has, and has to withdraw. Now I, we don't need to point out the uh, the irony here. Because progressive rugby have al- already pointed it out. But if you can get concussed in something like swimming, what do you do? Do you ban swimming? Like, do we now say that it's unsafe? Do we then... Just, just ban leg kicks in swimming. Leg kicks, yeah. Do we need to p- send people on you know, swimming courses so they don't kick people? I mean, it's completely unintentional, right? And, you know, you might argue, well, Alex has already got a history of concussions, you know, but, you know, if he's got a history of concussions, why is he going into a body of water with a load of flailing legs, what do it's, it makes me think that progressive rugby don't take safety, the safety of their campaigners seriously at all. Really, in fact, they're quite happy to profit off their efforts without actually thinking about any of their welfare whatsoever. Because that's exactly what they would say about rugby if this happened in um, in this if this happened in our sport. So yeah, very very sad. Um, Alex Poppin couldn't complete his. Tra- tri- his triathlon but, and, you and, know, par-
1: and,
2: and taken to hospital
3: Taken, so, taken to hospital Can't remember yeah, yeah. I would ask Why is he doing it in, Why is he doing it In the first place
1: well,
3: um, <clears> And second of all Do we ban swimming now And should we start Start up a group Called Progressive Swimming
1: Well r- rather than saying Why is he doing it at all What I would say is um, uh, have, you have your own relationship With, with risk And everything well, in- Including swimming carries, include- well, exactly carries, right. carries An inherent
3: danger Well swimming's Profoundly dangerous Swimming in a large body Open open water swimming (laughs) especially It is profoundly dangerous So don't do it Um, No, do it if you want to I wouldn't do it A friend of mine, a guy I played with at uni Did the cork
2: Ironman last week or two weeks ago And two people died in the swim did they? In an, I- so an Iron Man.
3: I mean. Uh, so these are obviously fairly fit people in fairly yeah, good conditions. very well trained. I mean, my brother's done Iron Man, and the amount of training he needs to do for it is Oh, incredible. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. just to complete an Iron Man is a. Well, the that's fact the two incredible that two people died in it, I mean, no one wants that, but it does show how hard like it how hard it's bloody hard thing is. It's hard and risky, yeah. And that was, there was dreadful conditions. Do you know one of the things that I think about these concussion lawsuits and the way they're going? Which is they're sort of self fulfilling. And one of the worst and most unsavoury aspects of them Is that you find guys like Alex Popham and like Steve Thompson Who were once somebody um, And it's very sad to say this But their identity was professional sportsmen And Mm -hmm. when you leave professional sports I think some people really, really struggle with it I Mm. think that's a very serious point Which is never really dealt with You know, people talk about mental health and uh, and whatnot A subject I'm very sceptical of But I think a real thing is when you're removed from a group, a group of players and from, the, and from the limelight You struggle You struggle to, to deal with that I think what progressive rugby does And what the campaigning does Is it makes them someone again And I think it's a very very uh, Awkward incentive to deal with Because I think half of this campaigning Is them desperate to be someone
2: I, again, I, I think that The
3: That's why it's so sad actually yeah, they're desperate to be someone again, and the way they gain game, game relevance is by taking things off other people. Like, just I have nothing but sympathy for the condition that they find themselves in. But if they're going to fight this fight against the sport which I play and which has given me so much, they've got to be. You know, they've got to expect to be treated more harshly.
2: That that point around the. I always think of the phrase um, "graveyards are full of indispensable men." Yeah, like not being indispensable anymore. Like the realization that you are no longer indispensable. you yeah. can no longer do the things that you that I, made you who you are is a very very oh, position to be in. It's horrible. Yeah. And combine that with serious long term yeah health effects. It is a well, like, I. I Really, really hope um, Popham is okay Because it's an awful position You you, you can buy them
3: all Like, was somebody, was relied on, was needed All of a sudden not in the game But also with these massive, severe health consequences That make them a burden Rather than being the... (laughs) It's horrific, but yeah. it was all their own choices and they don't get then to weaponise that with the help of very cynical people who are looking for money and status, particularly in the case of, of progressive rugby who put forward people forward simply for this. It's a Trojan horse to basically de- destroy the game. They're utilising and you know, trying to appropriate people's ill health in order to get their own way.
1: My, my approach would be to not to amplify anything they say but, but, you but we, 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 if you like uh, the, the, there the, 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 there will be people listening right now that have never heard of progressive rugby because they're not on twitter but they
3: might be listening to five live
1: uh, occasionally they might you know, pop up they, they might they, see they, Steve Steve they most they most When you see Steve Thompson They most prominently exist on Twitter And there, there will be people, I guarantee, who will, will be listening Who've never heard of them And now, are, uh, now have heard, yeah, that, heard their name And what will happen, Tim? 25 times because in this they,
3: episode because they get
1: more, than, more than any individual rugby player You've mentioned yeah, that organisation but because,
3: because of the airtime that they get So what you've got to remember is Rugby now is largely defined by The things which have gone wrong so, if you're going to find a rugby story on the BBC and if it's going to have an actual interview and get on the news, chances are you're going to be seeing Steve Thompson. Be, be the be the be the change. We, we, we've got well, no we've got because not going to get me. We got, no, no, we've got a podcast here with an audience. We don't we don't
1: So when are we don't need to go worry about the BBC? We don't need to worry about Twitter. We can just like tell the amazing stories
3: about rugby and ignore but this. This is, shit. this is in a way an amazing story. It's the appropriation of our game. You know, our game is changing before our very eyes because of these people. Yeah, you know, and if you deny that, like. I like to say you can deny I, reality, but I, you can't deny the consequences I, of denying reality. I think too. there's a lot of reasons
1: for it, and I think all we can do is put the case forward for the bit for the things and the reasons we love the game. I think it's not just an organisation like that that, that are behind this. It's this is cult, This is society generally. There are parents that are shit scared to let their kids. Like, Jesus, like, the, what was the, thing like the, phone, the, the, phone, the phone call I took from uh, my daughter earlier? Yeah. was her just saying, "Can she get? Can she get a lift?" she was she's at the park with her mates and there's some parents who would at whatever time it was half nine some parents would be like a 14 year old kid with their mates at the park what, what are you letting them do and some people might judge me for that but that that but point being that um that would like think back to when you were 14 that was mm. just fucking standard
3: it would just be the yeah it would, yeah,
1: yeah. would, would be the norm so what i'm saying is people's relationship with risk just generally has changed and rugby is is part of that and mm. it, it and it's No you it, make a strong point i think it's inevitable Waters that we were going to go through Irrespective of What the What the name or the face of that Looks like
3: (laughs) There was two other Little tidbits this week Which have really put my interest One was um, One was an email Which went to school parents Did did you guys see this Is an email school parents Like About The rugby team And it's like an opt out And all the risks involved in rugby It's like Just don't tell them Just go and play the game If you want to play the game If you think as an educator That this game is valuable Go play that game Right Done do not be going to a parent It's like uh, You know It's like saying um, Would you like a steak By the way There is a 0.2% chance Of you getting You know CJD Like you just don't need to know that Do you Just you know It's safe Fine And the other one was um, <laughs> From a website Of a rugby club In the Midlands Did you read that one Our Our number one priority Is the health of, 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 I'll read it This is absolutely phenomenal this is exactly the club but, I would but, hate
1: but this, but this is So this is a rugby club So This, this is, is an actual is, rugby club So right? this is my point I think it's, it's a broader thing This is people's Relationship with with risk And I think we can just Advocate that the, the Benefits outweigh Any perceived negatives
3: Yeah Oh my word Would you ever want to Play for this club It's absolutely Astounding this is well, are you, are We are you... a tight-knit Community that value Our players Safety and well-being Above all else Above line-outs Above rocks. I mean, you're a, you're a fucking rugby club. What do you want me to tell you? Like, hi, I'm here to play rugby, bomb on boots. How's your well-being and safety? Fuck off, pal. Like, that is, that is exactly what you tell, tell <laughs> those people. Get out of my life. Like, I don't need you to look after my safety and well-being. It's like the community. They've just, it's like bullshit bingo. Like, th- this is the problem.
1: They're talking to the parents who, like I say, would judge me and think it's completely irresponsible that I let uh, I let a 14-year-old uh, uh, be at the park with their friends at, at quarter past nine at night.
3: Yeah. That is pretty irresponsible, too. That's,
1: that's the people. Well, I mean, that that's the judgment I mean, Like, again... A, 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 what side? I, I've left my kids um, overnight on their own before. Yeah? 15 and f- I'm all for it. 15 and 14. Uh, but, the, but, the, but there are 15-year-old kids that I would never leave on their own. Yeah. yeah. My 15-year-old son, I'm, like, totally fine with it. But some people will judge me for that. But that's that's my assessment
3: of risk and. Completely agree. Completely um, agree. No, no, that is for the men's team. By, by, by the way, that oh, that, right, is on, okay. that is on the men's section. Oh, imagine, imagine showing up <laughs> to that. Nope, not for me, thanks. Well, let's just like you say. Let's let's
1: let's get stuck into the World Cup and lots of massive men smashing into each other.
3: Oh no, no! During the World Cup, we're going to have to have two podcasts. You can have your fun with your. In fact, you you're in France. I'll do what I want. <laughs> and then I will talk about Bowden's inevitable victory against yeah. Anselmians. Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: That's good. Well, no, we can definitely tick all boxes and cover all bases. Yeah, but that, that's it. But I'm, I love you talking about um, Bowden and Anselmians. Yeah. No, no you I know honest, no, you don't. I'm joking, I, I'm I I totally do. I, like, I, all I was suggesting today is we put the international rugby first.
3: <laughs> no, no, when the World Cup happens, right, we'll talk about that. But right now, real <laughs> rugby is happening on real pitches in the North West. Oh, I love it
1: You're a massive advocate For the sport Don't don't confuse anything I'm saying I bloody love it I love the passion Let's that's, burn that's it down And rebuild it That's what this podcast is about
3: <laughs> so That's actually. what we need to
1: do Right well, I, I think retreating back To your local club And building something up That's special Right it. okay that, Here's a a, Here
3: is a genuine Rugby question for you Right So I put out To my CrossFit commu- Our tight knit CrossFit community Where health and safety And our, our welfare is Of highest order I've offered them The chance To watch rugby With yours uh with yours truly Nobody Nobody wants to watch rugby They'll all go for a beer They'll all go for a beer But they're not up, mm. up for the rugby Here's my question A How are you going to get New people to watch the game And B Where are you going to watch you, Where would you like To watch the opening game Of the World Cup Providing you can't go To the stadium You're mm. not watching watch at home Where, where, where are you going to go Hmm
1: Well I'm going to be somewhere in Marseille watching it
3: yeah. yeah that's cool That's a really cool I Don't answer. know where yet I just rock up to a random bar yeah. I might walk I down to,
2: to I watched um, the first half of the United game today At Sale Sports Club I w- did yeah Which is where uh, Manchester Spartans play out of But it's also Sale Cricket Club And they play hockey out of there uh, I'm you to play at might, Spartans in a few weeks? Yeah I might Because might, it's, it's 200 yards from my house So it's a very short stroll So I might just wander down there Nice We've got a few, a few so nice was, beers on top
1: uh, uh, was It was 8pm kickoff? It's 9pm yeah, yeah, yeah. French time But 8pm
3: yeah. Oh, perfect timing as well Yeah, yeah. Perfect timing
1: ITV, prime time, 8pm yeah.
3: yeah So I might want to down there There's two things that, Okay, so I'm going to do that I'm going to try and introduce A handful of people From CrossFit To Didsbury Rugby Club To watch mm. to, to watch the game that is, that, that is my plan Also, funny you mention Spartans I'm also due to play for them Or try to play for them In about three weeks' time because I trained with two weird, with, with with two gay chaps who are semi interested in rugby but not entirely sure. I said, come down and I'll play the first game with you." Ah so yeah. you, is that going to be Clarendon uh, um, uh, Crescent? It w- it will be there, yeah. Presumably. Yeah. so we've emailed awesome. them to the see, Red Wreck to see if um if if they'll have us, and they will. And we just need to organise the actual date. Awesome. So. Yeah, when you get a date, I'll love it.
2: I suppose I can walk 200 meters to watch you play rugby. I've guaranteed them that I'll score at least four tries.
1: <laughs> there, there was a message that went out on just the WhatsApp group I'm on going, Any can any lads turn out for the threes were a bit short. And I was there was for a moment I went, I could. Oh, no, you could do it. I could. I just I, no. Might might knock your
3: CrossFit back for a few right, weeks.
1: Exactly. That's that's the fear. If I get in, if we get do injured, you know, what? I am genuinely
3: injured, uh, generally injured. generally injured. Um, I'd never get injured, but I'm actually worried about picking up an injury now. And for
2: CrossFit yeah. yeah Well my my ankle From the Christmas game last year Is still
3: not oh it's not Like I can run But it is imperfect I'm on the verge of Surpassing My 130 clean now I mean, I'm that close And the idea of getting injured So close to the competition as well
1: That's the other thing of Traveling around France, I've got my grips. Have you? I've got my skipping rope already packed, so I'll be going, I'll be doing some CrossFit.
3: There'll be lots
2: in of places nice. like on the continent. There's loads of places. Right? I'd Just love go to go Marseille on Friday. You know, go for a jog, do some chin-ups, do some box. Like jump onto a wall. Like th- you can do loads of stuff with with very little equipment. Yeah, you can. You have a really good workout.
3: You got a 24 kilogram baggage allowance. Have you to go over to? That, I mean,
1: yeah. That's all you need. Right, let's if we're talking about all this, we, we better get off. Yes. Yep. Nice one. So. Let the boys play. Thanks,
0: boys. Nice. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more